I want it to be entertaining. I want it to be entertaining. I, I feel I feel very indifferent about the fact that I'm the one giving the information or I'm the face or voice of it. I just want you to like punk rock. <laughs> like, I just want you to really like punk rock. And even if you don't like it, I would rather you walk away thinking that a more positive attitude about it, or at least being less ignorant about the subject. Welcome to Review in Progress, the podcast that uses open-ended conversations to discuss and dissect the creative process with people across all art forms. I'm your host, Kyle Colorado. We have a very interesting guest today, Matthew Gironi. He works in a very new type of creativity as a TikTok creator. After joining the app in 2019, Matt has recently found his content genre, creating educational and entertaining pieces about the punk and DIY community. And that is where our conversation mostly lies. We talk about the punk scene on both a global and a local scale, where we see it as it is currently, and where we believe it will go in the future post-pandemic. We also talk about him giving back to the community, using his TikTok and his podcast, Only Posers Don't Listen to Podcasts. We also talk to him about his opinion on gatekeeping, which can be summed up perfectly in this sentence, punk is for everyone unless you're not for everyone. We also talk about the TikTok creation process, his process when he first started versus his process now, and what he believes makes a successful slash interesting TikTok personality. I hope you guys enjoy. Hi guys, welcome back to Review in Progress if this is your first time. Welcome, thank you very much for joining, and if not, welcome back, thank you very much. Um, this portion is uh, where I kind of just chit-chat about what's been going on with me. Um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a really interesting couple weeks since the last time I put out an episode. I can imagine that everyone, at least the last week, uh, this is the Monday before the episode comes out, uh, so the all last week was... Election week, we no longer have election night for this year. It was a whole week's worth of events and stress and worry, I can imagine. Not just me, I'm pretty sure everyone around the country, regardless of who you actually voted for. Uh, I will say I recorded the episode that we're about to listen to on election night, which was good because that means I wasn't watching the events as it unfolded. And because I had been following some people on the internet who said it's going to mostly be red at first in terms of like a lot of the votes coming in because that's how, you know, with the mail-in ballots and all that. So I was able to understand like what we see on election night isn't going to be what it will be when the, I guess, when the chips fall, I suppose would be the best way to describe that. So that was nice to know. I was able to kind of like, because I, I don't, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to talk too much politics, but I wasn't really thrilled with how the country was currently being run, so I was very happy to get a new person steering the ship. I will say, after the end of uh, this interview, my guest's roommate, also named Kyle, he came in and we celebrated the fact that the state that I live in, New Jersey, has uh, legalized marijuana, so that should be be fun in the next couple of years whenever that, you know, whenever New Jersey gets, uh, gets that underway and implemented, so... You know, it, it was, I will say overall, you know, it, it's been stressful, but I think it's been good. But I will say, I, I still feel like I'm in that creative rut that I was talking about my previous week, 
but I think I'm coming towards the end of it. I have been writing. It's been a little sporadic, but I do have some ideas. It's just getting pen to paper. I need to form the good habits because I feel like I've broken a lot of good habits that I had built up uh, over the last year or the last whatever quarantine lockdown. Um, Ever since I really started taking a break, I, you know, it takes seven days to create a new habit and 21 to uh, break one, which is a really annoying ratio, if I'm being perfectly honest. And I think since I have been kind of on a creative hiatus, I have formed some new habits being home a lot that I need to break um, by getting back out there. But I feel like I'm on, I'm on the, uh, I'm getting on the other end of it. Um, like it was really difficult last week to write. I can, I can imagine that pretty much anyone else, I don't know, but I'm assuming most people like myself was like, I need to get things done. Things need to happen, but you were too busy focused on the outcome of the election. I was like, yeah, I'm going to write. And then I would just sit at my computer and just like refresh the page. It was, it was tough to be like, okay, I'm going to write a joke, but the fate of the world, it felt like, and it kind of is the fate of the world is in the balance and you can't do anything about it except hit F5 on your keyboard and refresh Google to be like, is it done yet? It wasn't. It wasn't done until, for me, it got called on Saturday, but by Friday I was like, uh, by by the math of what everyone's telling me, I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm done. So, But I've just been incredibly busy this entire weekend. Um with just with just work, the last kind of little bits before I think, uh, as I'm recording on the 9th of November today, looks like New Jersey's starting the process of shutting back down. Or I, I, you know, we're we're not. It's not as bad as when we first shut down in March, but you know, bars and restaurants are closing at 10 for indoor service. So I think I think we're we're going to go back inside, which honestly is fine. By me at the moment, I much rather kind of. I I feel like getting everyone back on the same level where I don't feel that pressure of having to go out every night, um, and just feeling bad when I don't. Um, yeah, that's one of the one thing I'm trying not to like let myself feel too much grief for not doing it right now. I'm just trying to let myself go with whatever you're going through. It's not going to affect you because it's not going to hamper you as much as you. I think I'm making it out to be in my head. Because I I know that the world is still in a weird spot when it comes to live performances. So I'm not I need to stop like putting so much pressure on myself because I think the pressure of that um is actually hampering my ability to get out of the creative rut. So I think that's 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 what that that's what I'm trying to do is just allow myself to be like, this is what you need to go through right now. You no one's going to – it's not going to hurt you too much, so relax. So I'm trying to be a little bit more zen about this. But I do feel good because um, in regards to my guest today, before um, I have I have a I, – I, I have a TikToker on. And now this is uh, – the, the person who I have on is um, a – I would say an acquaintance of mine. And hopefully after this uh, interview that we had, it's a little bit closer of an acquaintance, I would say. Feel like I can reach out to him, you know, for a little bit more than I would prior to this interview. But yeah, he is a TikToker of relative acclaim, I would say. He has, um, as of, you know what? Let me pull it up. 
As of today, oh wow, as of today, he has 70,000 followers, which is so much more than I ever thought I would ever have. And he had, um, and his name, uh, let me go through everything. His name is Matthew Geroni. He goes by the TikTok handle, GravMasterHash. Like I said in the intro, he does a lot of punk rock content um, about the DIY community because he's very involved in that community. I met him years ago, and you'll hear the story uh, in the interview. I met him years ago because we both were fans of the ba- of the band Awful Waffle. He's actually good friends with a lot of the members. I was I was pretty close with one member in particular because he was a coworker of mine. He helped me get the job where I make balloons. He actually taught me how to make balloons. So he's become a TikToker, and like the like he has he has he has had TikTok for a while. But I think becoming a TikToker would be like getting that kind of that following where you know there's a little bit more eyes on it. That's that's how I kind of uh, differ. You know, differentiate people who are posting on TikTok compared to people who are on, you know, who are a TikToker. But I, you know, so I call him a TikTok creator because I just feel weird to say that. But regardless, we had um, at the end of the interview, you hear me asking, like, what does he do? How does he do it? And he's like, you got to post a lot. And and then we had a conversation post the interview where we were talking about, um, you know, the little amount of content on there comparatively to like a Facebook and Instagram, anything of the big social networks, because, you know, they're older. TikTok is a relatively young social media company. And he says, because he's been, he's gotten that kind of audience, TikTok has reached out to him. And what he has says based on their numbers, and it's not a hundred percent perfect. It's part of a certain, you know, TikToker, TikTok, uh, creative creator fund or whatever, whoever's a part of it. But what they're saying is, Roughly 10% of the people who are on TikTok are making content. 90% of the user base just watch. And then of that 10 of the people who are actually really overperforming. So there's like a very small number of people who use the app are actually putting content onto the app. And then an even smaller one who are breaking out of just putting it in, you know, you know, making content for their friends and maybe a couple of other people. And, you know, his between the interview that we had and the conversation that we had at the end and giving me those numbers, it really solidified something that I've known for a while, that TikTok is a place to grow an audience a lot faster than your Instagrams and your Facebooks and your Twitters because the uh, organic reach of getting your content out to people, getting your message out to people is a lot easier on that particular app compared to you know, the ones I just mentioned. I I mean, I started, I started a TikTok. I was so against TikTok for the longest time. First off, I never posted on it, but I was a huge fan of Vine, the short video app um, where, I mean, I used it mostly for comedic personalities. It was very, you know, very much in line. I I thought it was a perfect, like, app to put a joke on because it was only six seconds for the most part. And a joke in six seconds, you get a punchline out. It's real quick. So I really enjoyed the punchiness of it. The first thing I didn't like about TikTok was it kind of felt a little slower by comparison, kind of like a movie made in the 30s has a different pacing than a movie made today, where you're just like, oh, man, we really need to move this along if you're watching a movie with today's sensibilities uh, kind of ingrained in you. I had Vine sensibilities in me for 
a video app. And even if stories weren't even supposed to be funny, it's just like, man, you're really, it, it kind of felt slow to me. So I was really slow to embrace it, even as something just to enjoy. But during quarantine, it just at one point I broke, I just needed to look at something new. So I downloaded TikTok, but and then I watched for a very long time. And that's how I actually found um, Matt Geroni on the app. I knew him from years ago at like a show. I knew of him because he was friends of the band that I was a fan of. And I was like, oh, look at this guy. He's actually doing, you know, ticked and he's like actually getting some views. And when I thought about creativity, I was like, that is just another form of creativity. And I'm just, you know, and I, I knew about all of the things that, Matt tells me, and I even mentioned it, I was like, there's this guy, Gary V, and you may or may not know Gary V, you may not be a fan, I did not like Gary V when I first saw him, but I'm now uh, secretly and not so much loudly, like I enjoy what he puts out, and I try and use him as a uh, point of, you know, uh, I guess, inspiration, I suppose would be the best way to, to say it. Um, but So now I started my own TikTok, and it's been very interesting because... First night, I made like four videos. Four videos. A lot of it was about the election. It was during last week. So I made just kind of peripherally about not so much like what's winning, but just your general feeling of like watching the election. And then with one of the functions that's on the app, which is called Stitch, you take five seconds of the video and then you just put your own ending at the end. I did one video of someone who was just, like I said, hey, who has been, you know, raise your hand if you've been just refreshing the page for the election results. And I just did a quick video based on that. And it got like 1,200 views, which is nothing for that app. But for me, I was like, I don't think at one point 1,200 people have seen me do something that was relatively entertaining got a couple you know got a couple hundred likes i was like this is this this proved to me how you know you can get your message your particular voice out so i will probably be using that particular app a lot more um i'm going to put my i'm going to add that into my show notes where uh if you can find me if you want to follow i have i found one friend I found a friend of mine who was just like, oh, it's me. I was like, yeah, I know it's you. Uh, she has a very specific kind of uh, branding, as she called it, and it was very quick. But it's it's interesting. We're just very – I mean, I only have like 10 followers, but I'm like, all right. this is. But it's people who didn't know who I was for the most part, with the exception of my one friend. It just – and then making it, it's just like – I'm just like, you know, one of the things that um, – Matt says towards the end of the interview is like, you just got to keep making it and not think about it, which is just the creation process. You just have to keep trying things. So I'm thinking that doing these TikToks and not really worrying about whether it's good or bad or great or amazing or up to my standards, it's just putting it out there and seeing what sticks. Like it's, it is something that I've known, but I'm hoping that with TikTok, it just helps me realize that so I can get back to writing jokes and doing the exact same thing. Yeah, that's pretty much what I wanted to get to for today. So um, normally I have like a guest sample, um, but a lot of my guest sample is very audio-based. I'm sorry, video-based. So I would suggest if you would like to get, I guess, a taste is, I don't know, look up Grav Master Hash, G-R-A-V Master Hash um, 
on TikTok. I think his his material, especially if you're into punk rock or kind of interested in it, he has some very entertaining stories, some very entertaining facts. He doesn't always do it, but it's you know, 80% of his content. Sometimes it's around it, like for Halloween, he was doing Mischief Night. He has some of his friends on there. It's a really, I would say he's a very, he's a very entertaining person. What I thought was what, and when I saw him years back, I thought he was very entertaining. He just has a very big personality, and now he gets to put it on an app, which is great. Um, So I, I would love to put a, you know, some sort of sample for that, but I think the best way I don't want to just do the audio. You got to go see it like in person or on your phone, whatever. So yeah, um, I, I was really excited to talk to him. I, I got him. I, I messaged him through Instagram because I wasn't sure if having, I didn't really have any information on my TikTok profile. So I was like, let me do it on my Instagram and show him that I am actually doing things and I'm not just some weird person. So yeah, I, th- I think, you know, he's, he's a good guy. I went to his house uh, in, you know, Asbury Park, New Jersey, and we talked a lot about punk, kind of brought me back, told some war stories from the day, and mostly him, but I think it was a really good chat, and what I really like about this episode is he's really involved in the punk rock community in Asbury Park, uh, and in New Jersey as a whole, and it's not explicitly stated, but I think a good thesis for this particular episode when it comes to creativity is that having a community a, a community a community of like-minded people when it comes to creativity it just helps you and everyone around you flourish and you got to espouse the love of your community and because if your community grows you're going to grow with it and you're all going to do better and i think it's just a really nice message and his love for it you can you can hear you can hear it in his tiktok you can hear it on his podcast which is called only posers don't listen to podcast which is about the local nj punk diy scene and on this interview you can hear how much he loves the scene and what it means to him and and how happy he is to give back to it so yeah that's pretty much what i want to say enjoy listening to grav master hash aka Macaroni. Smoothly transition into questions previously. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's so nice. how was your day? My, my day was uh, fine enough. Um, made probably five videos or six videos like I do every day. Now. Yeah, I was, I was looking. I was uh, looking. And uh, I, I, it's making the, making the videos now versus when I first started is a little more pain time consuming, I guess, because, um, I try to add the closed captioning yeah. for almost every video if I have the time. Um, I, um, I felt like at first I, I really just didn't know what I was doing. So I feel like now I have kind of a concept of what I'm doing mm-hmm. that for some reason makes it more difficult. I don't <laughs> <laughs> now that you have like more structure or an idea of what you want around it in that sense? I or? feel – I try not to be limited by the, my subject matter. Like I did a video about Mischief Night. Yeah. I, 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 if I think something is really overly interesting, like I think I did one about the Grinch, uh, the Grinch's Night. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, if, the- I, if I think something is super interesting, I'm just going to talk about it, especially yeah. if I know facts about it. But I do try to stick more to music specifically, like DIY music, community yeah. music. Well, do you think it's not just the um, – oh, it's not just your your facts. It's, I th- do you think it's also a little bit of your personality too? I'm, I'm assuming. 
I feel like I mean I, I coming don't from know. coming from a, a, a someone who watched it, you're a very entertaining person. Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. I want it to be entertaining. You know, I want you to I mission mean, accomplished. I want like me. <laughs> I, I I I want it to be entertaining. I I feel I feel very indifferent about the fact that I'm the one giving the information or I'm the face or voice yeah. of it. Um, You're I'm, more interested in the fact that the information's getting out. I just want you to like punk rock. <laughs> like, I just want you to really like punk rock. And even if you don't like it, I would rather you walk away thinking that a more positive attitude about it, or at least being less ignorant about the subject. Yeah. So in other words, like, I feel like there's this common misconception when it comes to uh, what punk is for, for outsiders Yeah. of the community. And it's real simple. They think that it's like giving the middle finger to your mom. Yeah. Or like being an edgelord douche, like just being the biggest asshole you could possibly be, I guess. And that's just not my experience with punk, even in the bad yeah, that, that, that's that was the one thing that really caught on, like when I started, like, because as as we've discussed, and for now context for people, is that I knew you peripherally. Peripherally, that's a word that we've met. Saying. We've met, and because we hung around in the same circles in the same scene. Yes, and but I saw earlier this year, especially because we have a reunion coming up for a band that I. For both of us, I'm assuming, had a lot of attachment to. Yeah. Uh, what is it? We were organizing the awful waffle reunion. Yeah. That was and we'll to get and we'll, and we'll get to that in a second. But what I really enjoyed was the whole punk rock, like punk rock's for everyone, unless you're not for everyone. And that was like the most succinct way to put it. And I've never heard it put that way. And it made me understand every everything when it comes to people who don't understand punk rock, especially people who subscribe to what I would assume would be punk rock idea ideology, but don't actually, you know, practice it. Like there was a person who I knew from my, from my high school, my grade, a friend of mine who I thought was a lot smarter, but has proven to me recently that it's not quite the case. Cause he was like, Oh, we're just going to listen to scientists from the government. Not very punk rock of you. I was like, that's not, what? I know. I was so These I, are separate thoughts, my friend. I know. I was just I was so I was I stared at the set, at the status for like it a minute. It has nothing to do with it had there it has nothing to do with punk rock. It yeah. has to do with you being an idiot yes. and like yeah, it and was, like and listening to logic. Just because it's a government funded it just it didn't make sense to me until when you said punk, you know, punk is for everyone unless you're not for everyone and if you're actively hurting people by not doing a thing that will protect people by putting on a mask when you're outdoors in a crowded area, then you're not for everyone because you are actively using ignorance to be. It goes along with so many things, but yes, you are correct. I, I find it very funny that everyone is attached to that phrase. Uh, I, it, it, it was such, I mean, for me as a comedian who like, you have to talk in like short, like concise little thoughts. I was like, that's it. That's, that's, that is the, the, the because we always see that meme where it's like you can't be punk rock if you're XYZ because you know transphobia yeah. and I was just like that's that meme but just he encompasses everything in like six words I I, I thank you yeah um, <laughs> uh, I but I I guess the best way to put that is I was taught that I didn't think that seven up. words yeah <laughs> I, I wasn't I wasn't that's not something like to me that's not something I came up with that's something that I was taught from this community. So to me, I'm just telling you something that was taught to me. I guess I put it in a way that everyone likes. Yeah. 
I, 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 I'd like to specify, I do not plan out or write <laughs> scripts or do anything for these things. I record them 40 times and I take one bit sentence from each of the 40 times that I did it That's and funny. go, that sentence was good. I'll put it with those uh, other 39 and the 41th time I do it, it actually sounds right. That's funny because now that that makes me think of two things. It's just, A, it's, it's great to hear that like you're not thinking about it. It is very much off the cuff and you're just kind of collecting a bunch of material and then like you know uh cutting get, getting like the the knife and shaving down until like it's this perfect in that sense you know where it's not perfect but like you're like oh this is the one that makes the most amount of sense and feels right uh, to me as a joke i do that i like write a lot of material and okay. then figuring it so i'm just trying i'm i'm relating in the way that i can wow yeah i never thought about because a lot of people have I've done. I've never done stand-up comedy. I've done an open mic twice mm-hmm. as a joke at my work, where they had an open mic, and I was like, "I'm gonna." They don't need enough people. I'm the cook. I'll come out and do a joke or two, and um, it went well or whatever. But I knew half the people in the room. Yeah, that that, that totally changes the atmosphere. But um, I've never really thought of myself as a comedian. Really, I'm more as yeah. a just a. I don't know what I am. I, yeah, yeah. I, no, it's. It, I feel like entertainer would be the best way. I guess. But, but it, it's 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 more than that, and that's kind of where we are in this digital world, where it's you're not you're not an entertainer in the traditional sense, but you're also not not an entertainer because people watch you. I mean, I spent three hours going through your material. Now there was stops, and I made breakfast. So, um, <laughs> thank you. No, I mean it's it's research or stalking. I haven't figured out which one it is yet. Okay. Yeah, when you're doing these and you're like trying to make sure you get all the information, you're like, am I stalking or am I just doing my job? It's very it, you. I still I still haven't figured it out, so uh, we'll see. Um, but it it is interesting to find out that you know that that you're taking this process of like, all right, I have a general idea, so I'm going to say it. I'm going to record it 40 different times, and then I'm going to take the best parts. So you kind of have an idea, but you allow yourself the freedom within those. I'm assuming to come up with these off the cuff responses. I just I've never done anything like this. I mean, we've done the podcast for two years, mm-hmm. and I've learned how to interview people basically from doing that. I be, the the way I started the podcast was simply I saw I was listening to a podcast yeah. and I was like this is so cool. I would love to get interviewed on a podcast as I am now right being I just yes. thought it would be cool. Yeah. And I said, "Oh, well, I don't do anything worth being interviewed. Like who's going to interview me about my cat's names?" Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I I just I couldn't think of any real like I wasn't in a band or do anything. And then I I thought about it. I was like, "Wait, there's a guy that interviews them." I could be that guy. I could be the guy that does the interview, and then I don't have to be interesting. I just be the guy that asks questions. And is, and that in does that also feed into your giving back to the community in that sense? Because you're putting bands that or and people on exactly like, on a platform they might have not had. Exactly. Like how I looked at it is, I was getting older. I, I'm in I'm in this community, and I kind of was like, you know, going to shows and buying merch is not enough. Yeah, like it I want to do more, and I I'm not musically inclined. Yeah, you, you were never in a band, right? I w- I've been in bands, but only as a singer, and they were pretty much my friends put together yeah. a band, and we all thought it was fun. Like, got never it. a serious band. Got it, got it. I was in Million Dollar Dinosaur when I was younger. That I do was, remember that name being thrown yeah, around. Yeah, because we used to play the house uh, Thunderdome a lot. That and makes like, sense. Uh, we did a reunion show at the brewery that was like one of the very first brewery shows they had at Asbury Park, uh, Asbury Park Brewery. Mm-hmm. Uh and what do you call it? I, I That was fun, but that was always like me and my four best friends started a band and yeah. we were having a good time and we like punk. Yeah. And I just was like, I need to do something to like 
contribute to my community. And I was like the podcast. I could interview bands and like showcase people. Yeah. And then that did fairly, I would say it was somewhat successful, like locally, like we got enough listens where I felt like, whoa, I'm getting emails from some people. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, we got a little following on on Instagram, not huge, you know, like a f- I think it's 2,000 or something, fo- you know, yeah. followers. But like it, it started really quick. And like locally, we were talking to all our friends and people just like the idea of being interviewed. And I started realizing like I'm interviewing a lot of people that have never probably been interviewed in their lives. Yeah. So at least I'm boosting their confidence for a minute. It's- and maybe like two or three more people will listen to their band. Yeah. Um, the TikTok thing, I just, I was I like the app. I just think yeah. it was fun. I mean, f- going through your old material, it just seems like you're having a great time in the beginning. You're just like you said, you love to dance. It's mm-hmm. very clear that you love to dance. I saw all these people dancing on the app, and I was like, I can learn that dance. <laughs> and I like, and I like, I like weird emo trap like stuff that's popular right now. That was really popular on the app, like that e boy e girl stuff. Yeah, I mean that's still kind of popular. But it is. It's yeah. huge on the app, but like it was when I first got on there a year ago. That's it was like. Pretty girls dancing to those songs yeah. in cringy videos and then actual dance videos. Mm-hmm. And then there was like a little bit of like cooking content and other content. There really wasn't it, – it felt like there wasn't a lot on there. It felt like kind of like an open open sky in that sense. And I do remember thinking like, oh, there's no punk stuff on here yeah. or like New Jersey stuff, you know? Yeah, I mean the, I, I was going through, like I said, uh, uh, stalking. One of the first things you actually – when you put first put yourself in front of the camera just to talk, you put in um, a conversation about how you and your girlfriend at the time were watching the – oh, Money? The, 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 the reality show. Oh yes, I have You're it watching. On I love money. Yes, I love money. Right, 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 right. Oh my right, god, right. I totally forgot about that. That dude. was just, that was your very first one where you spoke to the camera. Really? Yes, yes. Where you decide when you found out that uh, I should season, retell that story. Yeah, yeah. I think it would do great now. Um, it would do better now. Yeah. I think it's a great. It's a good story. It, yes, yeah, season. I mean, if if you haven't seen the TikTok and you don't know the story, I didn't till today. Uh, season three doesn't exist of that show because the person who won it. Um, murdered. He murdered the uh, uh, murdered a girl like two weeks after. He married a girl and then murdered her and cut her up and put her in a briefcase. And then he ran away to uh, Ireland and then killed himself. Nice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's a uh, that that yeah that story would do well now. So. And, and yeah. But like you have to understand the context of how I, me and my girlfriend are at, at the time and we were on acid. And oh. We're watching this show and we're like we're gonna watch all of it. It's amazing. <laughs> We love I Love Money. So we're watching <laughs> it becomes show. the thing that you do, yeah. So we get to the part where we're like, where's the third season, bro? And we can't find it. We're looking on YouTube. We're looking everywhere. And she, like, as we're watching this, the, the fourth season, because we've skipped the season because we can't wait. Yeah. She's finding out more facts. <laughs> and she's like, wait a minute. He was accused of mur- No, he murdered somebody. He chopped up the body. And he's like, he killed himself. Because at first it was someone got killed on the show. Yeah. Then it was like, he won. He won the show. You know, like, so we're like finding out these facts as we're out of our minds high. <laughs> so it's like intensifying how insane yes. it was. So when I walked away, I was like, I have to tell people this. Yeah. I have, I, and someone yeah. needs to know how crazy this story is. It, it was, so that was the first one. And I was like, all right, there's there's a little bit of that. Like, I, I got to. That feeling of like, I just got to tell you something that I found out or I know. Like, if, if I'm going to analyze, because that's what I'm going to do right now, it just felt like there was like that, like, okay, I'm going to, I want to tell someone this thing that I know that I'm very, that I'm very passionate about. And you could tell in that moment that that's what you were passionate about. Um, but then the first one that got more than like 20 or 30 like likes yeah. was um, New Jersey content. 
I was, yes. it was, and I just, I think I, it was a pork roll video. Yeah, it was, a, it was 100% the pork roll video. Yeah. Um, I just, I have a question because I don't know the answer. Uh, why do people from New Jersey love New Jersey so much? Why? Yeah. Uh, there's, we're, I think because we're, it's a densely populated state, so there's a lot of us, and we're all sucked into this small place that's supposed to be like a home. Like, we're not, we're close to the cities, yeah. major cities. Like, yes. Philly's an hour away, New York is an hour away, but Boston is six hours, uh, DC is like four, I think. Yeah. So, like, we're close to a lot of big things. And and we're all packed in here, and I think that you just get this sense of like we we did it, we did it together. <laughs> we're all here together. Yeah. And there's also a lot in New Jersey for a small state. Like there's beaches, there's mountains, there's everything but deserts. Yeah. You know. So I think you get a little bit of everything and a little bit of mix of everybody that you're like I don't need to go nowhere. It's That's all here. it's a very good point. Yeah. You know, like, it's just it's so it's because I have such an intense love, and I'm like I don't know where. It comes from, but it's 100% there. And I, as someone who has repped New Jersey as hard as you have on yeah. your podcast, because it's a New Jersey-centric podcast. Yeah, it is. And your TikTok, which isn't New Jersey-centric, but it is New Jersey. Oh, I'll whip out it the is NJ le- it is, Yeah, yeah. When, when, when it's time to break it out, you break out NJ. And as someone from New Jersey, they go, Yes. I also feel very lucky. Like the like you're talk like you said this, you know, I made that statement punk rock is for everybody unless you're not for everybody. That statement was taught to me by this community and I know that I'm part of something really special where like there's punk rock communities all over the world yes. and they're all great and I and I love if there's 10 of you or if there's 2000 of you. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. And that's great. But we're unique in the fact that we're all here. There's a big community. There's pretty much anything you could kind of like. It doesn't really matter what style of music you're into. There's like a, there's shows for you and sh- yeah. stuff like that. So you don't really you can be really specific about what you like and what you don't like and be a rude boy or a punk or a skin or a, or any of the a juggalo or yeah. any of these oh, things. True. You know, like you can be all those things and there's a community for it where you can really feel welcome and home and I know that and I know that a lot of kids, they're like the one juggalo in their town <laughs> yeah. or that one kid that like really likes punk and everybody else is into emo or mm-hmm. or hardcore or vice versa. He's that one kid that likes emo and everybody yeah. likes hardcore. Like that shit's hard and that shit sucks. Yeah. And, and like the, I didn't I, – I got so lucky and so fortunate because of the community I grew up in. And I just want to share that with everybody. Yeah, and that's and, something that you you seem passionate about. Well, giving them that experience of feeling like you're not you're not that only kid, and yeah. all you have to do is just keep liking this, and you and also you can make it. You can, like if you have a community where you are like everybody in my town listens only to these type of music. Well, go change their mind. <laughs> like go be that band that's like you know what. I don't like ska, but this band fucking rips. Yeah. And like, you yeah. can be that band. And I've seen it happen in our scene with, you know, we, we just mentioned awful waffle before I grew up with those kids in Bricktown, brick, hardcore shore style, you know, like you, you're from that same area. And like, that was the prevalent music is heavier oh, music. Yes. Yes. And like awful waffle. And there's, oh, but there's always been one ska band from that area. Kid Go that Home. All, yeah, Kid Go Home, yep. Waffle Waffle, The Descendants, like all these bands that were from our area where everyone's like, yo, they're cool. Yeah. You know, because they yeah. were our boys and they <laughs> went and supported you at your shows. Yeah. So you stood in the back while they blasted horns and you're like, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Kid Go Home was great. And then that, I mean, didn't most of the horn section go into? Uh, most of Kid Go Home 
are members. Not all of them. Like the original lineup is uh, Chris TJ. Uh, I can't remember everybody. Yeah, this is but, very specific to I, like I know Central Chris, New Jersey. I know yeah. that TJ wasn't part of any of the other groups. I know that Chris uh, Pelton wasn't part of Alpha Waffle at mm. any moment. He was he just started Kid Go Home and then he left to go be in the Descendants. Oh right, 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 and, right. And um, that they existed for a while, and, but Stiffy was in all three of those. Bands. Yes, yeah, the because, horn players. Yes, yeah, Stiffy. Um, I well because like I said, I, I worked with Matt Jensen for yes, a while with with the singer it, of Alpha Waffle. Yeah, 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 with the singer and and he would often employ some of the members of awful waffle to do like the jobs when we would go out and like have like big uh what's it called like bounce houses and stuff like that so he uh, stiffy gave me the entire kid go home discography because i didn't have it at the time and i was like missing it and he's like oh do you want it i have it on my computer that is what he's doing right now he's just traveling the world giving people whole discographies (laughs) of albums and bands that they don't they they know like one song he's like yo i got you it's on the flash drive (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was that was the early version where he was just had his own stuff Um, yeah yeah, but um, uh, so it's uh, I've lost my train of thought because I was looking at and thinking about three things. Um, so I guess I'll go to the part where my my first question with the whole um um TikTok. How does it feel being Mark McGrath's best friend? I'm I'm his dude. Yeah, yeah. His words, not mine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's I did talk to him personally. He was very very nice. Um, very flattering. He. Basically, I, I was sitting right where I'm sitting right now in my, my house watching uh, TikTok, playing with it. I saw that Mark McGrath made a video on there. And I'm like, is he in this video? Is Does he have an account? And I'm like, he has an account. I'm like, stop everything we're doing. I have to get up and inform all of TikTok that Mark McGrath- Another one of those moments where you're like, I found something out the world must know. Yeah, exactly. And I was just like, Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray is on TikTok. They need to know. Also, if you're not aware, their first album is like majorly punk. Their first like two albums, I would argue, Yes, I I remember reading an article when they were like, yeah, listen, listen to the song Meme Machine. It's it's not fly whatsoever. Because that's what's so funny. It's like one of those- there's a lot of bands that did that where they were like true punk bands with these ethics and the Oh, you're talking about sex community. maggots? I mean Google dolls? Yeah. <laughs> like there are a lot of bands that came from our community where they just got older and matured. I don't even consider it selling out. Yeah. Like I think a band like Sugar Ray just got older and matured and was like, Yeah, I wanna play this kind of music now. Do you know the story of how Fly came to be? No. Oh, ooh, I get to tell no, you. No, no, I don't. Oh, yeah. All right, so this is how Fly came to be. They were recording that album that whatever Fly is on. It doesn't sound at all like the rest of the album, no. this song. So they got into an argument. Mark McGrath left. And then, so what they did, they had a drum beat. They had the drum loop, and they just started fucking around. And they came up with that. And they just played that. Mark McGrath what? came back into it, heard it, wrote lyrics, song, sang a song, fucking it's a hit. And that's beautiful, man. And, and that is how that, that, at least that's how I remember the story. Wow. But that, that is, but it was a total just like argument. Singer left the studio, band was left on their own. So they just made this particular song that changed the trajectory of their band. It, because that's what's so beautiful about the whole like it, they're just it just it does feel like a natural song to me. I never looked at it as like them selling out. I looked at it as they wrote a different song and, yeah. and everyone liked it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, again, it, I mean, it's not like they knew they were like, oh, this needs to be commercial. It was literally they were fucking around in the studio. 
but sometimes that's how it goes. Sometimes you write something that everybody connects with or yeah. say something that everybody yeah, you connects were, with. And you were saying even in like bands in the community, like Green Day, Blink-182, they had the strong DIY following, but then they just wrote an album or a song that just became so big that they were lifted out, but it's not necessarily they sold out. They were just... They were just too big for us. Yeah. Like, I, I it's funny because I think that people that we're introduced to Green Day and Blink-182 that are now newer fans to punk. Yeah. And the people that criticize that band, they were never involved in our community. So they're making criticisms about a community they were never part of. Yeah. I knew who Green Day was before Dookie. Like, I knew who they were. Yeah, I was too young for that. I just I... knew, I knew it was a band that was big on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Like, I, do, I didn't personally know them, but I knew they were a big band on the West Coast in punk. Yeah, and I and I was just like, oh, they're, they're and then they blew up, and I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, like in my mind, it made sense because I was like, they're this huge band that I hear about through punks that I haven't really heard before, mm-hmm. and now they have a song on the radio. Yeah, that makes you know, yeah, yeah just, they, that, that, they that got just, big. Yeah, um, but like, I I've never really under I do I did understand it a little bit because what there was a period of time where I was in high school where I would tell people like, oh, I'm a punk rocker, I like punk, and people would be like, dude, like like the Sex Pistols and the Ramones mm. like that shit ended in the 70s and you're like no there's like yeah. a bunch of bands after that yeah. and like in the 80s like even if you said the 80s you'd be wrong yeah yeah you know? and like I was like and no one knows who Leftover Crack is and nobody knows any of the things I'm talking about yeah well I mean I wasn't originally from Brick I lived actually in North Jersey until I moved down in uh, high school so okay. yeah so like I, and I think you're four years older than me so we weren't even uh so there's that little bit of that age yeah, gap. Yeah, but where, you were still during the the good years. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. I think I think I absolutely came during those good years yeah. because I remember kid go home playing uh, Windward Beach. That uh, that uh, what's it called? Like, I remember that. Yeah, that, I was at that show. Yeah, that was a good show. That I I think I was I think I, had I just, graduated before my my what is it? My friend got in a huge fight there. Oh, did he? Yeah. Do you do you remember the fight that broke out? I kind of do remember. Yeah, I have yeah. terrible memory. My, my friend Mike Bennett, who I, I unfortunately think passed away, uh, Mike uh, clobbered like five guys. Like <laughs> like one dude he threw down, hit this other dude, just stood up and started clopping at people, and they were just dropping as they were running towards him. It was amazing, you know. Yeah. Um... <laughs> well, a fight at Windward Beach. If you know what Windward Beach is in Bricktown, you know how ridiculous yeah, the concept it, it, it of is. getting because, in a fight there. Because there's like an, a small little beach with like a playground right in front. <laughs> it's a park. It's a park. It's 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 and there's and it's like a children's it, park. And now <laughs> they put on like like children's movies at that. Yes. So it's so like, it is very funny. It's funny how like dropping kids how for <laughs> like the longest a show. for the longest time it, it felt like in the brick scene. It was like a lot of like these spaces that just let us have shows without realizing what was going to happen in them. We lied. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, listening back to the episode where you had Awful Waffle on most of the members, where yeah. you just essentially rigged the election for your school. Oh, yeah. We did that for four years. Yeah, yeah. Which was yeah. A great. So <laughs> It was so that we could throw shows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, then the BMAC incident happened. Yeah. Yeah. I was there that night. That I was month. I was supposed to go, and then I didn't. I have no recollection. Wow. You're pulling up real old school stuff. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it was it was my high school. It was my high school. BMAC. Because it was, I was coming in. And I was the new kid, like in high school. I was like freshman year, didn't know anybody, which was great because I didn't have any baggage from. Yeah, so I yeah. didn't. I just came in as like people were like, oh, I had a really terrible high school experience. I'm like, I, I didn't know anyone. No <laughs> one knew me. I just kind of existed. I just. That's got, not so yeah, bad. It, no, it really isn't. It, it, um, but 
I came in and I had a good Charlotte t-shirt on and because it was high school people weren't too thrilled no. with my with my choices. No we weren't. No, no no one was. So <laughs> I very quickly got educated on the local scene and bands that I should be quote unquote should be listening to. And that was a lot of my time going to these shows and then yeah and and then I don't know for me it was like all right going to these shows going to these shows for a little bit but then eventually when I found out that I knew Neil from Neil Cotter. Yeah, yeah, Neil's a great guy. Because he, 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 he was in choir, I was in choir, and um, and I was like, oh, he's in a band, I gotta go, and then that just brought me into the rest of the decade. Yeah. That was, that, and it's just, it's so, I wish I was more involved in that scene, I think I was just too timid to like, be, I just, I it's wish. It's always getting better. If yeah. you get involved now, you're still in a good time, because there's still great stuff going on. That no, was just No, that that's, that's the one thing I, I, when I went from like, all right, me and my me and my wife, we we both got in, we both like started dating because, well, there's actually a whole story to that, but um, uh, long story short, it was like we had a, a love of music. We we both were like punk pop punk emo music, which is, and she's like, I don't know, a Latina woman. I don't understand how she's like. I don't know. Sad white boys just make sense to me. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so the one thing though, when I was like, oh, I'm gonna go into comedy, it's been I like took a, like a, a drop off from going to shows but i have noticed that the scene like even not being in it but watching it from the outside i'm like oh there's something really special going on right now yeah i i think it's better than it's ever been i i as someone who is again an outsider it's just like you got bands like teenage Holly, uh halloween hollywood one of the best bands I, I, in the country i remember the first time i i heard 666 it's like this sounds like a mixture of a lot of bands i knew and jeff rosenstock like it was yeah, yeah it's just they're it's, named after a Jeff Rosenstock quote. Really? Yeah, Teenage Halloween's a line from a from a bomb. It's a, either bomb music industry song or something. Like they go, "This is the teenage Halloween." I, I, for, I, I forget that. As someone who loves Jeff, I can't believe I'm blanking on that. He, but. Luke writes, or they write so much like Jeff. Yes, like so much. The horn lines. I was like, oh, I I could immediately hear like early bomb music industry. In, in a lot of that. That was that that's what I what I picked out pretty quick. And it's so as someone who's not like directly involved in the creation of it, but like someone who is now doing their best to support it, what does that feel like? Do you feel like a sense of pride in a weird way? Or is it it's just I I'm just trying uh, I, I definitely see feel a sense of pride in feeling like I'm helping get their art and music out. How I look at our community right now is there was Orange County in the early 90s and they blew up with like Sublime and No Doubt. And yeah. there was all this huge thing of music and stuff. We have the potential to do that in spades. Like we have just as much energy and and just as many good bands as Seattle had in the early 90s or these, you know, like we have this this hub of music and art and stuff going on here. We're all working together. We're not eating each other. We're, no. we're, we're working together like a good community should. And that's the, that's the problem with all good communities. They either work together or they eat each other. And we've learned from our mistake. I think that New Jersey goes in waves like this scene where we have three years of good stuff and then three years of a lull where kids don't know how to run show houses. And like, and that, and it's a lot based on the, the flux, the fluxation of what goes on in New Brunswick, because that has always been the heart of New Jersey 
uh, DIY, DIY communities. Yeah. And what it comes down to is three years of two of kids knowing how to run shows, knowing what kind of music they want to promote, and knowing what to do. And then three years of kids taking that for granted, not knowing how to run a show, and just caring about chasing clout. And now we're at a point where their hub city hardcore and and new brunswick is not the heart of our community anymore uh, yeah. it's asbury yeah it's 100 percent. and asbury has taken over this role of being and it, but we all collectively like this is a collective decision by us as a group and some people are not fully happy with it but i think i think that we all kind of sat down and said okay the vibe is going here we're all moving to asbury yeah we're all, yeah we're all putting our attention here you know um Shout out to Swank, who runs all the Shore Style Night shows at Asbury Park Brewery. He lives down the road. Yeah, he moved. To, he moved to Ocean Grove, and he was living in Brick. I think he owned a home before for that day. He sold, but I think that he made a conscious decision to live in this area. Yeah. Devin, who now has moved out of uh, out of the area, but when Devin was running in Coward and running a lot of the shows he was doing, he lived a block away from me. He like he consciously moved to this area, and I think in an attempt to further this community. Yeah. And, do you, and 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 you think that like having people kind of located. In this like particular for for specifically like live shows and bands because a scene kind of has to exist on like social like physical social interaction. It's important to have kind of everyone in like a centralized location. It it always worked in New Brunswick. Yeah, it always worked in Bricktown. It always worked yeah. in Trenton. And I think that we're all saying let's do this. Let's work together. Let's let's make a common goal to get this done. We we're learning. We're I think in the past five years we've progressed more as a community than ever before because there's more women here. There's more minorities, and we didn't. It just it's naturally happening, and we're just trying to promote it happening more and more. And I, I've not I, like I don't know how else to put it, but we're 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 not just talk anymore. We're yeah. not a what bunch of people saying like we're open. Yeah, and then it's just a bunch of white guys in a room being yeah, like, yeah, "I'm yeah, very open minded." Yeah, yeah, we're all we're all so open. You're guys. all so open. Look, there's 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 Garrett. He's Asian. <laughs> we did it. We did it. Right. We got, yeah. we got one. You know, but it's it it's become more than that. Where I'm now in, I'm gone to at least two shows before COVID, where I was in a room full of women. Yeah, and I was like maybe one of four guys in the room, and all four of us were like, "Yes, it's working." <laughs> <laughs> like, Mind if I pause real quick because yeah. this is turning down and it is not pointing at you. Okay, no problem. I'm going to grab a drink anyway. Yeah. Um, I don't normally pause, but I'm like, I, just, I, I can't. <laughs> no, no, I understand. Um, it, it, I think it's important for us to not... There, we're we're from New Jersey. I'm gonna brag a little. Yeah, but 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 I think it's important for us to not just boast to almost get people excited to get at our level. Yes, and to make understand like your community can work as hard as you work, and if you wanna if you want a great DIY community, you have to work really hard at it. And I think a lot of us we we're involved in the politics in New Jersey. Like we have punk rockers that are running for yes, for, yes. for office. I've been talk. I've been talking. I I have a member of our podcast that's running for office and works with one of the uh, guys in the he he's the head of the Democratic Party in Asbury Park, and he works with another guy and Joe. 
Uh, no, no, Joe, someone else. It's Matt, Matt Daniels. Okay. Uh, he's, he's working over there with them. And so is a buddy of ours, Alex. And they've even asked me about like talk. They've talked to me about maybe running for office and oh, town wow. and stuff like just recently, like yeah. they suggested it. Yeah. And like, but that's how involved we are as a community. We are the community. Like Yes, yes. And I, what what people sell over here in Asbury, yeah, they sell nice restaurants in the beach and like, you know, the shore town, but they're selling punk. They're they're, sell, they're selling I mean, our community. It's hard for me to say our community. It but is our community. I, I, okay, thank you. It I is our community. Um and I would Can say comedy's part of that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's another art form. Yeah. And honestly, I would love to see like comedians get up between bands or stuff like that. I would love to see that stuff. And it well, I mean, there's, there's there's been some stuff like there's been a show at the Saint that's been happening monthly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but it's it, it is it does it is a, a little hard of an I will say just just it's a harder of an ask for uh for restaurant owners because I know how sometimes people can be divisive in and it's just like whereas music I can understand yeah that, that it's just it's just a tougher tougher. Th- uh, ask, but uh, kind of circling back to the point where you're like, oh, if everyone is working together, the community is working together, they're not trying to eat each other, they're just trying to push each other. That's kind of like what's going on. Well, what was going on in New York for comedy? Like, it's just where everyone is, and they're all just pushing each other to get better, which is yeah. why you have to move out to an LA or a Chicago or a New York because that's where a lot of these hubs are. Although, now with, with COVID, and I'm going to circle into a question, is like, a lot of these people are moving out of these out of these cities just due to because of rent, whatever. And now, and I will say, there's like a weird New Jersey one that it, it almost reminds me a lot of like a DIY scene that happened back in the day. I we there's been a lot of these shows that's just been popping up in parks, just like just doing it when when the sun when the when the weather was nice. Yeah, they would just throw it. I was like, this kind like because we're as get creative as, as yes, we had to get creative because. Are perfect conditions that we always look for as comedians. Low ceilings, small yeah. room, everyone packed on each other, easier for laughter is gone. But that I felt like that opened up a lot of people to be more creative in that thought process of like, all right, well, we can do an open mic outside, and I could throw a show outside, and I, it just it, I'm curious to see when everything goes back to quote unquote normal is what what's going to happen um, with the punk scene and the DIY scene. Uh, what do you think will happen once once we're back? Like, do, do you think, uh, I mean, traditional venues will still be there. I can't imagine that we're ever going to lose the pony. I don't think Asbury would ever let that happen. And it's owned by it's owned by Live Nation. I yes. wouldn't be surprised by anything Live it's, Nation does. But uh, yeah. but uh, no, it's too it's worth more than it would be to yes. sell. No matter if it, we waited five years, exactly. But uh, it's not. For me, I'm more worried about those little DIY spaces and those little those those smaller yeah. independent venues that like you know like yes. house and and other ones that we we use them as bigger rooms and they we yeah. might lose them. I I am worried about that stuff, but I guess I'm not worried in another sense because like you just said, like we're from New Jersey, dude. Like the in the words of the Bouncing Souls, we are gonna play no matter what they say. That's, like yeah. we're just we're going to play, you know. Yeah. And it's just like I understand that. Yes, we want everyone to be safe and feel safe and and be secure. And like we'll we'll find things to work around. There's a show this Saturday outside, yeah, uh, in and Jackson, and it's the last show we're probably gonna be able to throw before. You know, it gets too cold to be outside or do anything. And, you know, the numbers are rising throughout the country. And, and we're all we're all in a you know, we're fuck it's election night. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I'm actually glad that we're doing it tonight. Yeah. So I'm not paying attention. No, no, me too. Yeah. Uh, I was, I, so, uh, I mean, it's 
we're at this this turning point. And I just, how I, I, I have nothing but hope for our community because we've always been very successful and this is just going to bring more attention and more people that are willing to go, you know, I never went to those shows that, or that yeah. uh, went to my friend's comedy show or, or, or punk show that they always invited me to. I'm going to go now Yeah, because yeah. I, di- I can People go. do seem a little bit more like when I have performed in front of people, not just other comedians because jaded, um, mm. jaded as a crew. And, uh, but when you actually perform, they seem genuinely excited to get to do something. So I think there's going to be like this nice, honeymoon period of people really uh, and then it's going to probably taper off after a couple of months but i think we're going i think there's going to be for every community of like arts there's going to be a nice like that's a good way of putting it honeymoon period yeah but you're going to get a lot of solid comedy fans out of that yeah oh exactly you're and, get a, and a lot, lot of solid punks out of that yes and a lot of solid people that go i'm going to pick up a guitar i'm going to go be a comedian yeah. you know and that that changes the whole community as a whole i don't know how I can't, I don't know how comedians might look at it because to me, the way I look at like music or the podcast or anything I do, even the TikTok, like you follow me doesn't mean that you can't follow someone else or you can listen to my song. You can listen to their song too. You can listen to my podcast. Like I'm not on at a certain time slot where you you can only see me at this time. So uh, to me, laughing is fun all the time. Exactly. So I I hope that you're not too competitive with each other. I think it's just competitive in terms of like my joke's better than yours. And you're like, all right, I think I I might be right. You might be right. I push me to write write a better joke, but not so much. And I think that's what you're saying with like the other. Yeah, definitely. Now. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm also interested, and you brought it up again with your TikTok, do you feel like you're now kind of in a way cultivating like kind of like an online punk DIY scene where you're almost kind of like. I mean, it's it's hard. It's, it's there. It's just a matter of organizing everyone. Yeah, and I that I think that I'm I'm doing a I, if I'll toot my horn at anything, I I think I'm doing a good job of organizing them, and giving people an idea of like this is what punk should be. Yeah, even if it isn't always. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah. This is the ideals we should like. Shoot this for. is this is what we should be shooting for. And I and I, there are plenty of other great punk creators on Oh, I'm not app. saying, yeah, you're not the only one. No, not at all. Uh, Echo, yes. who actually is coming to visit me soon. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, she. we're going to do some stuff together. She lives in Chicago, so that's pretty exciting. Oh, man, I love uh, Chicago. Just finally went for Riot Fest last year. Really? Never yeah. gone in my life. I, I really want to go. I'm definitely going to go because she's invited me. Yeah. Um, Pete Kurzwack, I think is the name he goes mm-hmm. under uh, on TikTok. He's another creator that was probably the first guy I saw on the app where I was like, this guy's a punk. Yeah. And he was talking about punk issues like a little bit. Like he explained what Straight Edge was and okay. an one of them. Or he answered like what he thought about something about because he seems to be more of a fan of folk punk. Okay. He lives in like uh, Australia, not Australia. Uh, what do you call it? He's an American. Um <laughs> Alaska. He there lives in Alaska. Okay. Yeah, it's it's fucking uh, yeah, not very much like the yeah. opposite corner, but yeah, yeah we get he, it. Yeah, he lives yes, very much the opposite corner, <laughs> but uh uh yeah, he lives in um what do you call it? Alaska and it, it's cool to, I like his perspective. He's definitely like cool and smooth and smoking cigarettes. He's the like, one with like the wavy hair, right? Yes, he yeah, is. Oh yeah, he's very a, good looking He's man. a good looking gentleman. Yeah, Rob Lowe good looking. Yes. Like he's Unfo- yes, just like how, very upset by how handsome he is. Exactly. Uh-huh. You're like, how dare you? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> how I feel about it. How dare you? I'm supposed to be up here. I got to stand up here and yell facts to get people <laughs> to look at me cuz I'm not as handsome as you. Uh, uh but uh what do you call it? A- a- I just enjoy like I want people to understand how much fun it is more than it is 
like, oh, this band is this, and this is what punk is, yeah. and this is what is, and, and going to shows, and, you know, it, it's fun. You get to learn about all these weird things and have this, like, weird camaraderie with strangers all over the world because you grew up in the same community. Yeah. Like, I don't know all these kids from Canada and Australia, but I do. I yeah, do know yeah, them. Yeah, now you know them. And, and now it's interesting. It's just, like, it's curious because you're so early in the process of putting together, can you do it? <laughs> yeah, Piccolo's trying to open a door right now. He's not having too. He's having a little too much yeah, trouble. The, the, How about Piccolo? Give up on it? No, I don't think Piccolo is. I think Piccolo is a very uh, determined cat. This is adorable. I'm, I'm gonna stop him. Okay? Oh. I'm gonna. I'm gonna just tell him no. Oh well. It's. I mean, look at him. I it's, feel like he's definitely gonna try again. Yeah, you know, it, oh it was futile. To yeah, stop for him. sure, for sure. Oh God, I love. That's what I love about doing. Uh, it's just a little aside. What I love about doing podcasts like this. It's like I love little asides like this. Yeah. Like the cat. I had that was my second interview where it was just with a friend with the and it was just like there was cats just climbing all over. It's like I love this. This is the best. Um, <laughs> punks. Punks love their cats. They, we, we can't. It's true. We can't. You can't pull the punk away from his cat. Mm. Uh, I actually found out a funny fact about the dead Kennedys. I didn't know this until I listened to uh, last podcast. Uh, it wasn't last podcast on the left. It's one of their other shows. Uh, um, no dogs in space. Mm-hmm. They were talking about the dead Kennedys uh, album, and they wrote the producer down as uh, their cat. <laughs> they wrote it down, and people would ask them like, "Oh, can you mix our?" I think they'd be like, oh, we'll ask him. You know, he's very exclusive. <laughs> and he got, a, like, a producer's rights on the second album. That's funny. Uh, you know, just because, you know, because punks are cute. Yeah, but <laughs> we're, we are adorable when we want to be. Because they're just adorable. Um, but with, um, I'm, with the whole uh, online community, you're really trying to push the ideals of what I'm, I'm just curious, like, what you could do with, like, with, like, not so much, like, what you could do, but, like, what you can... Because what you were what you were saying to me beforehand, it was like what you really enjoy about um, like having this kind of audience is that you're having these kids like, oh, I'm really now into punk now. Yeah, and that's that that is the that is the the frosting on the cake. Yeah, that is the best part about all. Of this. Now it's just like, man, do you think that? I mean, for me, it's just like, do you think you can like? I would think like, oh, maybe there, there could be like a network, like an almost a global community in that sense. Obviously, it is, a global community. It is like already a global community, but now I think that's more. what we're forming. Yeah, I think that we're all doing it. We're all collectively working together, and you're just one and part of that. I'm just maybe I'm maybe I communicate my opinion or about punk better than some people. Yeah, well, you've been in it for. I mean, you said you knew about Green Day before they popped in like '95. So, what got you into this this particular lifestyle? Um, I don't. I think that the concept that a bunch of like the, the way I looked at punk when I first got into it was I heard like early hardcore bands and stuff, mm-hmm. and I, it sounded like white kids that were mad at the Republican dads, <laughs> and they were like, "Fuck you." I'm going to not do that. Yeah. I'm not going to live the lifestyle you want me to live and I'm going to be more open-minded. And it did feel like they were open to new ideas and open to new people, yeah. but it just hadn't happened yet. Like there were, don't get me wrong, there's plenty of representation of minorities and women in yeah. punk throughout history. Yeah, yeah. But in my local community, it just sounded like, it felt like I met a bunch of white kids that were like, yeah, we're open-minded and fuck racism and fuck yeah. all this other stuff. But we're all white boys. <laughs> like everybody here is white. And like, and I, and like there wasn't many girls and there wasn't, and, but we were open to the idea of bringing people in. And yeah. like, and I like that, at least they were trying. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we grew up in a little, little white town. Yeah, you know? we like, certainly did. Yeah, you know? and I like, mean, and it's not like 
we're, we're this is what we got you know yeah. like you know there was a few kids that weren't white and the, that's we knew all of them you know like <laughs> but it just it was the town we lived in and as i've grown throughout you know this community i've met so many people and i don't think i would have met those people yeah at least not in the passion and the, the excitement that i meet them in through this community and now I feel like there's representatives, like there are people that are powerful people in our punk community who are of the minorities. And like I consider New Brunswick to be probably the most multicultural yeah. community out of all of our – because we kind of have like – see, that's the beautiful thing about New Jersey. We have like hubs. We have like – there's the shore style thing that's bigger than it's ever been and it kind of is broadens. used to be just a brick. Yeah, used, I do remember when it's that very was – very exclusive. If you said you were shore style and you lived outside Tom's River and Brick, you were getting a boot in your motherfucking mouth. I remember just – just that was the big thing when I was like 2002 to 2006. That was like – That was the thing. Yeah, it was the thing. Because we ran our first house in 2005 and like they had another house too. They yeah. had a think tank house. That was like mostly all my shore style friends from Brick and shit like that in Tom's River. And like, it's just a weird, it was such a weird thing that grew to be this like, and Swank is part of that. Mm -hmm. Swank is a big part of making it for everyone and making it for all of us. Was Swank, was Swank part of that? Or, yeah, I know uh, he was part of the, like the original people that started shore style oh, and okay. stuff like that and that phrase. Uh, he's been on the, my podcast and discussed like the origins of it a little bit more. But um I always consider it like classes. Like he was the first class yeah. of shore style and I'm kind of like the second class because I'm like four years younger than him or five years younger than him. Got it. And then you would be like, I guess that yeah, third yeah, class. Yeah, that next, yeah. Yeah, and that's how that worked. You know, where we were like classes of kids coming through this same generation and now like Asbury Park is kind of part of that. That's really Asbury. Like we have Asbury Punk. We have Shore Style. Then there's Trenton Hardcore or Capital City Hardcore. There's AC Punk that's smaller. And then there's Hub City Hardcore that's always been our heart. And uh, Hub City Hardcore is prop by far the most multicultural of the of the communities. And I would say a lot of the figureheads of that community are, are from that community. They're not they're not little white boys like me. You yeah. know, and that's great. You yeah, know, it's fantastic, and then and they're the main reason there's more women here, the Hub City scene, and those kids. Uh, you know, there are there are other reasons definitely, but like the I I contribute them a lot to the 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 less whitening of my community, <laughs> and I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, more voices just means just better. More people. Yeah, yeah. more people. Number one, just pure numbers is better. Yeah, and then and then just more different different voices always just makes things more interesting. I've never, I've never, I never thought, oh, I should just hear this again. So this derivative of the Who same stuff. to see a bunch of me in a room? Yeah, That's I mean. boring as fuck. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it is, rel I, I, it's, it's one of those things where you try to avoid as like a comedian, like, oh, sorry guys, another white guy. But it's like, yeah, it's, un it, it, there's just a lot of us, you I, know? And I think that it, it's, it, it's fair to point, like, I don't feel guilty about it or anything, but at the same time, like, I'm excited to see the kind of content that comes from a different point of view. Yeah. Regardless if it's music, art, comedy, whatever. Yeah, oh, for sure. And it's just like, for a white comedian to be like, oh, white guilt. It's like, all right, the third, th three guys did it before you. And since comedy's based on surprise, no one's surprised by this anymore. Yeah. It's just hard. It's, you're just like, you need to come up with a different thing. I think that, but I'm also discussing something that we can all connect with. It's not white yeah. or black or, or anything. It's yes. just punk. It's just punk and punk is for everybody and that everybody can enjoy that and connect with it and feel 
part of it. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing that you could, and it's also a little bit fringe too. It's still a little bit like, and that's the thing. It's it our is, thing. It is because it is like a community that says we open to everyone, but unless you're not for everyone, it's, you're like, you're inclusive, but you set, uh, boundaries. What you, we do is secret, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you, it's, it, it is. You have to, you have to really, you talk the talk, walk the walk, right? I think you can't just you can't just be like you were saying. I can't remember what TikTok again. I watch so many, but you can't just be someone who's just taking and this is for me. This is for me. You have to find a way to give back. I mean, this for me. This is kind of like anyone who wants to be creative. I'm hoping that this would be a podcast for them to be like, okay, this is what I can do. So if if anyone's listening to this podcast, be like, this is if, like punk is like a community that you can find a, a like like-minded people to help you grow yeah. in, in a creative and i think you've expressed that more than enough and in, in this everything i've ever been given is from this community yeah. every every friend every girl that liked me every every everything i mean he, i mean he, that here here this is this is exactly how much a community can give to you yeah this is um i so i was friends with my friend dan little who was in a band that was part of the ska scene if you remember uh, All You Can Eat Buffet. It was a very I, silly band. I do remember It was that. a very silly band. It was silly. It was, just, But they met people who um, uh, who went to Ryder, because one of the members went to Ryder University. Okay. Um, this girl, Marissa, she brought friends along, happened to be Grace, which would be end up being my wife. I met, like... It's, That's awesome. Yeah, so it's just like... And at that time, only giving back for me was just going to shows, promote, you know, for, uh, helping where I can. Like, I definitely... Like did merch at some shows for Awful Waffle. Like I remember specifically at the lanes when like they're playing with Bomb the Music Industry. I remember that and, show. And and Jensen's like, hey, no one's here. Just can you watch the? Yeah. I was like, I've seen you like a million times. Yeah, I'll just, I'll stand by the by the merch table. So it, it is it, you you that it is a community where you can find people. Like a lot of the people who I know in comedy also came from that scene. There was uh, do you remember the band The Nerve from St. Louis? Yes, I do. The drummer Brian is yeah. also a comedian. That's awesome. Yeah, so it's just it, it it's funny how that how that can that community just you you can find people even not even if not at the time eventually down the line it it is a very like just a, it's it's just you're you're allowing yourself to be free in that community. I don't we, think we win together or we lose together. Yeah, you know, like this is we're going. We're, I don't know how else to put it. Like, yeah, we like. What do you think is going to happen? Like, I, that's just how I, I grew up in a punk scene. Where like, where you're like, what do you think? You're going to make a million dollars or something or be yeah. rich or something? Nobody likes this, bro. There's <laughs> all of us. So shut the hell up and yeah. get along. You yes. Know, like, yes. Yes. And that, but that mentality has gotten bigger where it's now it's like, yeah, there is a lot of us, but still nobody likes this. Shut up and get <laughs> along and like, and be nice to everybody and welcome everybody in and get more people involved. So I I mean that's great that comedy's taking that that step two in our community because I, that's we have Asbury here yes, we have this great yes. art community in every aspect you can find we're all centralizing here yeah it is it is very interesting it it's kind of right now a little uh, dormant just because of what's going on yeah COVID yeah um mm. but it's it is interesting to see how I, I mean what one of the things I've been thinking of when it comes to comedy is something that was that you you ran like a a, a venue house a punk house something I've that run, I never I never run two or three yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, the the one that I'm aware of besides we ran punk house I ran Thunderdome yes yeah, so I was gonna say and, and, and I, I was part of uh, I was part of a few other houses that yeah. I didn't live at 
the one that I just because I never went to, so that's why I want to ask. What was that like? What was that? What was that? Old I mean, house? well, yeah. How about this? What was it like? What was it like for you to like run that house because you signed the lease on that too? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, what is it? I I it was my very first house living on my own. Mm-hmm. I rented a house in Jackson. Uh, it was in uh, half. Almost all my neighbors were Hasidic Jewish. Yes, uh, yes. So we would throw shows on Saturdays because they couldn't call the cops. <laughs> <laughs> just taking that mentality of like finding the loophole. Yeah. And just yeah. beating it. Down. Yeah. Yeah. We found the loophole. We go to all the. We campaign when we do shows on Saturdays, and we go around to their houses and give them all our numbers and yeah. tell them like, "Hey, we're gonna have a show. And we're gonna play until ten, and we'll stop." Mm-hmm. And most people were okay with it, but even though they didn't, it was against their religion to use the phone. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you take you take the. You take the strategy where you can on that Listen, one. God was helping me. Yeah, all right? he was on my side. God yeah, wanted y- to hear y- punk. Y- Yahweh right? was uh, was on punk yeah, side that day. You know, I'll take whatever I could t- uh, get, and but that's what I mean. Like that's that's part of being a punk growing up is finding these little ways. Yeah. Like being like I, one of the things that used to always happen in high school that I learned right away, like they're doubting us and we can get away with a lot (laughs) is like, I would play at my friend's house and we'd practice, you know, the four of us in a band or something that was terrible. Yeah. And then our, our friend would be like, I'm having a birthday. Can I have my friends over and have a show in my backyard? And their, their mother or dad would walk out and be like, yeah, you and your 10 friends, you're a fucking loser. Like you don't have any friends. Like, go ahead. You and your 10 friends can come over here and see your stupid ska band play or something, (laughs) some shit like that, you know? And then a hundred kids would be in their backyard <laughs> and we're all freaking out pitting. And she's like, what did I agree to? What did I agree to? And we're all shaking our heads like, you said this was okay, bitch. <laughs> like, so and, they underestimated you and you're and like. That, and that was most of my high school career is like people underestimating us and thinking like, yeah, you can rent this whole kid with $400 <laughs> for a birthday party. And then we show up and have seven bands play and like all these kids are outside in the parking lot. And they're like, what's going on? We're like, birthday party. You agreed. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, we would have our fr- like we'd have. I remember uh, one of our friends' moms. That was like a like a like I never him being made fun of. It was like his mom signed for him, you know, like oh what a poser move. And we we're like fuck you, bro. We got the show, you know. Yeah, like it's like if it wasn't for the mom, the yeah. show wouldn't happen. Like thank God she signed for us. God bless her, you know. Like goddamn putting her putting her name down legally for all of us idiots to go and break a fire hall, you know. Which was was that. Was that Herbertsville? Yeah, we used to do. What was it? We had our friend Rob. I was. I was. Oh man, one of those. Th- I. I was like, gotta go to that's those shows. Those, that's where the first. The first official. Yeah, awful waffle I know. Show. The first I time like, I saw Bomb was in that place. The first time I saw Bomb was PLP in Tom's River. Mm. Who ran uh, that? Um, Josh Jerk from School Drugs did a lot oh, of the okay. shows, and he's the one that I feel right. That makes sense. That makes he sense. Did, he did a lot of shows because he lived in that neighborhood, and his mother was on the the council for that that yes. like, neighborhood. Yeah, or something. I forgot because I was with friends with uh, you. Don't remember that uh, ska folk punk band uh, George Washington's Revenge? I do. Yes, they the. Um, there was like kind of like a side project that was, oh, and I was going to play keyboard, a instrument I did not play. Awesome. And then with with Josh, I do remember, I do remember that. Josh uh, is a good, great punk rocker. Uh, his School Drugs is an amazing band. Uh, but uh, yeah, he, I, I think he was the guy that got us first access to that place. I don't know if he booked all of them, but I, I think he was one of the first people I knew of that was like, "Hey, we can get this venue." You know? Yeah, that was that was man that that venue lasted for. Quite a they bit. They still do things every once in a while. I yeah. hear about somebody doing something there. The craziest show I ever went there was Shark Attack. I saw Shark Attack play in that room. Oh, and a- I literally, it was like a sea of people just swaying in the ocean as they <laughs> played. It was so many of us. 
Uh, that was an amazing show. I saw uh, the singer of, uh, what do you call it? Not Minute, was it Minutemen? I think it was the singer of Minutemen perform, uh, they sing Punk Rock Girl, right? Dead Milkman. Dead Milkman. I was like, Minutemen, he died. No, no, okay. I was the like, sing- was it the bass player, was Mike the Watt? Singer, okay, the singer, all right. Um, Dead Milkman performed at Josh Jerk's, Josh Jerk's birthday. Yeah. And I remember he tricked me because Josh doesn't drink. And Josh was like, I got a keg in the back. And I'm like, fuck yeah, dude, let's go. And he follows me back to this keg full of root beer. And I remember he like was smiling on his face as he's handing me the root beer. And I was like, oh, you son of a bitch. I was like, I still want the root beer. Yeah, but, but, but yeah. I thought it was beer. Yeah, I mean, he was right, but you know, the implication was incorrect. Yeah. Um, so uh, I really want to get into Thunderdome, and okay, yeah, let's I just do it because this is. It's I'm such, very excited to talk about. Yeah, because this, this, so. this is this is this is how I connected. I was like, oh, I need someone. I need someone who's like, I, I'm trying. Like I've done, I've done a, com- a comedian friend. I've done a person who was the drummer of of uh, River City Extension. Oh, uh, really, Mike Cassini, good friend of mine. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had him. I had a couple musicians on. I had my wife's friend who's a published author. So, oh, yeah. So it's very interesting. I was like, I need to find someone who's, and I was like, oh, this is perfect. I, and I was like, you know what? I, when I reached out, I was like, I got to I got to find the way to hook him. So I was like, <laughs> you did. And I was like, I had to end with a fun sentence. I was like, all right, by the way, you gave me my first beer at Thunderdome, one of the venue houses that he ran. I was blown away. Yeah, by I was. That statement. I was. I was very proud of that statement. So I, I, I did it at midnight, right before I went to bed, and then he didn't see it for like fifteen hours, Sorry. which is fine. It's fine. I, it's. I understand. I understand how like I, I don't see things, and people when people reach out to me I on get occasion, a lot of DMs, unfortunately, and it's and, unfortunate. I love all. Of you. Yes, yes, it's unfortunate that you don't catch them all the time. Yes. So it's and sometimes when I don't get any DMs when and the times I do that One aren't day. that aren't from people that I know they sit in a weird like section of they do have that section and I have like, like three different profiles one for the balloon business I run one for my comedy and one for my actual person because I have a different name I have a comedian name and I have because and and a my re- because a I have a balloon business for kids and I don't want kids people finding the comedy that makes sense yeah and also my name kyle groom is yeah. also mostly the name of a 25 year comedian veteran kyle grooms from oh. perth and boy new jersey so black but you know there's Just still yeah. kicking you yeah, yeah so by the way Ky- uh garrett said hello yes yeah he, yeah, yeah. He, I, when i told him i was interviewing with you today he was like oh i remember him yeah, tell yeah. Him, we said hi so thunderdome was a house that was owned by the lead singer of Awful Waffle. Yes. Scott band that we his, both his parents originally owned it. His his parents originally owned it and was renting it to you guys. Yeah, they I, I guess the house like the best way to put it is the house was foreclosed on and they were moving to South Carolina. Mm-hmm. But he still had the house until the bank took it. That could have been possibly years. He, yes. He, as he put it to us. And I was strangely enough, uh just recovering from heroin. Uh, I had just recently got clean and I was homeless and I needed a place to live. And a few, and like a few other people were like Stiffy's parents moved to South Carolina. So he needed a place to stay. Mm-hmm. We're all getting to that age where like we're around 25. Yeah. Like, we have to move out. And everybody just basically all decided like Jensen 
will let us all move into these this house that was basically like a McMansion. Yes, essentially uh, that's what it was. It, it was looked just like a, a McMansion. It was just in, in the middle of like a large piece of property. It was a huge piece of property on the border of Howell. Uh, what and is Lakewood. it? Lakewood. Yeah, border of Howell and Lakewood, right over by like the Wawa off of Route Nine. Um, it, it was like right there was a firehouse or a fire or like an e- EMT like uh, it was right by right Moon there. Motel. Yeah, yeah, it was right by Moon Motel and the Sonics. Yeah, because I remember when Sonics opened, we all waited in line. We were <laughs> the first people to get served in line for for Sonics, and we got free Sonics for like twenty four hours. Or something. <laughs> I ate at Sonics for three days. That's yes, what I have yeah, to yeah. tell you. But um. Yeah, we we all moved into the house kind of out of desperation, and I was coming out of I was getting clean, and I moved in with all these guys, and I had like I had already run a punk house that was named Punk House. Yes. So all of Waffle Waffle was basically living there. Most of them. Yeah, least. I would say like, no, like there's eight people in the band. I think six of them lived yeah, in the house yeah. with me, uh, like something like that. And um, it was like Cheech, uh, Stiffy, uh, Burry. And Jensen all lived there. Yeah. And I lived there. And I the, I think there was, and there was Joe Hess was the original roommate. And we had some other roommates like cycle in and out. I know Kelly Trouble lived there for a little while. I'm trying to think of anybody else that lived there. Not that I can think of off the top yeah. of my head. But anyway, uh, we all moved in there and we basically had this huge full-size basement. We're all playing music. We're like, yo, well, first thing we're doing is we're starting a house band. Yeah, so yes. We had a house band called Coke, Coke and Pussy. Pussy. Yeah. So, yes, Coke and Pussy, so that every show we could write on the flyer Thunderdome with Coke and Pussy. Pussy yes. So that people could think that there was Coke and Pussy in yeah, the show. Yeah, of course. I mean, for the 4th of July show, I had. It was my birthday. I had, yeah, uh, J- July 2nd. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, um, I went to the show, bought the t shirt, and for years, I would just wear a shirt that on the back proudly stated. Coke and Pussy, along with Ten Cent Short yeah. and Awful Waffle. It also said Frank is a jerk yes. because the person that made the shirts was named Frank, and we lied to him and told him that there was, was a, a band, band called, called Frank, Frank is a, a jerk. jerk, just so that he had to print all those shirts saying Frank is a jerk. We just thought it was so fucking funny. <laughs> See, we're cute. Yes. <laughs> so that, I mean, I, I have some fun. I mean, I got the highest I ever been. Because I was we just, were selling gravs for a dollar at that yes. show. You come up to the bar, and Alyssa <laughs> would be working the keg, and the and the thing goes grab for a dollar, grab for a dollar, yes. and we were just serving people, and she was pulling people gravs, and they, uh, dude, that was the best show. That was yes. one of the best shows ever. I remember one of the shows. I don't, I don't think it was that particular Fourth of July one, but it was one that me and Jensen we worked at the same company. We were doing a birthday party. We came back. I, I had gone earlier that day to dress to like get into costume. I dressed up as Batman because it, that's when like the Dark Knight had come out. Okay. So there was a bunch of Batman and Joker parties going on. I was Batman. And he was Joker because he was just like a little bit shorter than me. <laughs> so we had to go. We were we came back, and all of a sudden I'm like I'm not walking through the whole fucking house as Batman to get my clothes. He's like, well, you can take it off. There's like this like black skin tight suit. That's just like the under part of like the rubber part of Batman. Yeah. So I just like booked past everyone. Just like I'm like, I wonder what people like, what was that guy in a black skin tight suit running up and then coming back down in like a regular outfit? Wow. Yeah. Wow. There's so many stories, so many different things that happen at the house that like coming I- coming up with the Batman and, and Joker party, that was the time I got Matt's like, all right, we're gonna watch Batman, we're gonna watch Dark Knight, and we're gonna come up with a Batman and Joker party. 
And then he's like, by the way, let's get high. And I did not. By the way. I did not smoke nearly to the level that he. Yeah, he was a smoker. He was a smoker. And he's like, all right, hit the roar. You remember the. Yes, the roar. (laughs) We always had these ridiculously expensive pieces because of Aniello. Yes, Aniello. I forgot about Aniello. Yeah, Aniello brought us pizza that day. Uh, Of course he did. We called it the pizza train. Yeah. I lived off that shit for a year, man. I had like no money in food. And this kid would show up every day at four with pizza. Pizza. Yeah, so he's like, all right, let's break out the roar. Which, by the way, for people, it was about, I don't know, three, four feet high. It was a big one. He had a, he had a, he had at least a three footer, I think, yeah. when we were there. It, uh, he broke a, he broke like so many $500 pieces when I lived with him. And he was a motherfucker. I love yeah. that kid. <laughs> so it just was like, all right, yeah, I've was, and then he's like, all right, let's watch the movie Puff Puff Pass with Danny Matherson. What? Yes. Did, do you remember? Did, did he ever make you watch that movie? I watched that movie with okay. Matt Jensen. Yeah, Matt Jensen makes say. you watch movies. Yes. <laughs> yes. He would make you sit down and watch movies. I don't remember that movie besides a couple of key scenes. <laughs> like, because I was so, I was so fucked out of my mind that night. I, I That day. It was the yeah. afternoon. Yeah, of course it was. It was like three in the yeah, afternoon. Yeah, it was. Right? I'm pretty sure I got there at 12. By one yeah. twenty. I was gone. Yep. That sounds about right. He used to make me watch like terrible shows on <laughs> MTV. Like that show next where yes, they, they, they yes. would kick you off the bill. I never that. That was, but, um, so there was like, there was a whole thing at the end where it just kind of fell apart. I don't know if you want to go into it because it was kind of spoken on your podcast a little what, bit. What about Thunderdome falling yeah. apart? Well, basically what happened was we, we threw a lot of successful shows there. Uh, one of the most, one of the biggest shows I've ever been part of at the time was Hub City Hardcore because Hub City Hardcore got canceled in New Brunswick by the police. Oh. <laughs> the police, they did this thing for like two years, I think, where I think it was two years. I think it was 2009, 2008 and 2009, where all the all the show houses in New Brunswick organized a festival together. Okay. Where kids were going house to house watching different bands during different sets. So kind of like a small fest. Yeah, but contained in people's houses and yeah. they called it like they called it Hub City Hardcore Fest. Yeah. And they did it for two years. And the third year was probably when New Brunswick was at its peak, where it was like 2010. They had we had America, we had like Camp Camp might have closed by then. Mm-hmm. But we had a bunch of different great punk houses. Uh Fuck Mountain, um all these other great houses. And what basically happened was the, they were coming back from their European tour with this French band called uh, Thrashington DC. <laughs> and that a great name. Yes. They had a pro littering song. <laughs> like, I, lo- I love that band. Uh, anyway, um, they were coming back from Europe with these guys from France and another like famous punk band and like a bunch of other touring bands. And they didn't know what to do because they basically got called by the cops and said, if you throw the show, we're going to condemn all your houses. Wow. So it's the night before the show was supposed to happen. They just got back from Europe and I drunkenly called all of them and went, just come to my house. <laughs> like, I just thought it would be fun. I just like me and Garrett thought it was hilarious. Yes. And we like called them and was like, yeah, just come here. And like, we had this huge, huge show with all these bands and stuff in our house. And then we started doing other big shows. And then one of the shows basically, I, the best way to put it is it turned into a riot. Oh, We had like a huge a club show with these DJs. And at the end of the show, we had this uh, hardcore grindcore band called um, Dead Womb. 
So like we have all these muggles and normies in the basement from fucking <laughs> Bricktown, Bricktown and Tom's River because Burry invited like his graduating class. <laughs> I, I blame Burry partially for for that night going bad because he invented he invited the wrong crowd. Yeah, you know. But it is what it is. So anyway. Night ends. We're pushing all the people out except for our people. Yeah. And we're like, all right, show's over. Everyone get out. And as we're pushing people out, these this group of guys sitting around a table won't leave. So I jump over and I'm like, hey, man, we got to go. You know, dude just gets up and swings at me. Like immediately just goes to hit me in the face. And I'm in a house with a bunch of other punk rockers in ruts. I'm like, you're going to die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, goodbye, person. <laughs> and I immediately attack him. Four people jump on top of us. Huge fight breaks out. We drag this kid outside. We throw him outside on the lawn. And we're like... End of night. End of fight. No! He got up, started beating up every person next to him, hitting <laughs> girls. He pulled a two-by-four out, out of the ground that was built from a fence and started smashing people's windows. Wow. And it just caused utter chaos because everybody was trying to fight him and, and in the process fighting each other. And, like, it was just... It got out of control. And eventually... Uh, someone must have called the police like a neighbor or something. Yeah. As soon as the cops showed up, I lied. I ran up to him. I'm like, where you been? I called you. These kids are going crazy in my house, you know? Help me. And they fucking fell for it. Like the pigs they are. And then they, you know, helped me round up the few people I wanted out of my house and like took our wounded and like, and like basically told us don't throw more shows. And they just had a different eye on us after that. And oh. like, we just didn't, it wasn't, we weren't able to do what we wanted to do after that event because a bunch of muggles and normies came and wanted to fist fight, you know? And like, we, the, the, the energy got taken out of us from that. And we had some other personal things go on with our group of friends. Awful Waffle broke up. Yeah. And, and, and I think that it was, for a lot of us, it felt like we jokingly all refer to that time as the death of fun. Like our group of friends yeah, yeah. refer to it as the death of fun because it felt like the death of our group of friends from high school and on that formed these groups and did this stuff. And we all kind of just from there went off to do be adults. I yeah. think a lot yeah, of yeah. us, I, I know I, I did and a lot of other people. And then when hubs, when Asbury started coming back, I, I, I was in a weird situation. So I, I moved to Asbury. I was, I was lucky enough to move here. Uh, it, you know, started off as a bad situation and ended up being the best thing that ever happened to me. Nice. And, and everybody's focus came here. And then the past five years have been nothing but good with our community and really seeing us working together and moving, uh, moving and doing things that were way beyond what I mm -hmm. thought we could ever do as kids throwing shows in houses. Nice. Like we work with venues now. We work with the locals. We work with the community. I mean, Disney, like what Asbury Park is right now is if Disney World, if Asbury Park was Disney World, I'm fucking Mickey Mouse. <laughs> like I'm just a dude walking around in a suit where people are like, take photos with them. Oh, look, we're with the punks. You as, know? as someone who has dressed up in costume, specifically with Matt Jansen, uh, yeah, I get that. I get that analogy. It, um, it's just, but that's the vibe here is like everybody is selling the vibe of come down, catch a punk show. Yeah. Catch, see some new bars and restaurants where the people hang out. Even Bond Street, who's like a local, is considered the local bar, is kind of doubled down on that attitude of like, we're here for the locals and the punks and yeah. like the people like that. that well, that's why, because Bond Street exists, but then they have like Capital Line and... 
And there's a lot of arguments to that. I mean, the guy that owns Bond Street is the dude that sold yeah, uh, Asbury that was, Lanes. That was probably one of the things I found you through t- when when I realized you were on TikTok. Was like, first off, we're talking about the lanes, place where like me and Grace spent a lot of our time, like before we were dating, dating, but like started to like. Yeah. Well, I, I say it's a place I fell in love because it was a place I went to all the time, even before we started it was dating. A huge, it was the most celebrated and well known DIY v- venue in our whole community. Yeah, for that over was, ten years. It's just like it's sad to see what it is. I just hope it means something to someone as much as it's it not. Meant. It's just I not know, what it is. I know. It's just not it, that place died, and what they did is they took the dead shell and they're trying mm-hmm. to walk around in the dead yes, shell yes. and say that they are us. I mean, I'll, I'll give a shout out. To, I just re- recently learned this. Ha- um, Hot Blood and and Nervous Triggers, who mm-hmm. are two local punk bands and hard, you know, hardcore punk uh, yeah. style bands in our area. I would consider Nervous Triggers like just the straight punk, punk band. Yeah, yeah. But either way, they were offered like a ridiculous amount of money to play so maybe, so maybe they're starting to look back. To tr- but they just they just to kind of open the bridge to do things. These guys told them to go fuck themselves because it's not about that. It's about integrity. No, and, I get. And, I understand that. You can't. You can't sit here and put my friends flyers on the walls well, as, and, and as 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 a as like a as decor. Yeah, I know. It is it is it's there was an idea I wanted to do, but I just didn't have the drive. And I don't know, maybe I'll say it out loud and this will be a thing, but I always wanted the people who actually took photos of like the people who went to shows and make it into a coffee book for like Please. because I think that would be like very interesting because that's like such I feel like that's going to be like a lost piece of history if it's not pre- preserved of just like the lanes from like 2000 to 2015. There's pictures out there, there's definitely photos and and lots of and I, lots of footage. And I mean, stuff. I don't know if they did it, but at the time, I know when Asbury Lanes became the new lanes, they at least kept the old photos from the Instagram. Yeah, of I don't know. Did. I don't know if it's they still took there. over all the old social media. Yeah, I know. When they took over the social media, I was afraid they were going to delete all those photos. Which I mean, at least those still exist. It's shitty that they have it, but I'm just they took over all, all the old social media. And when we realized that they took over all the old social media. Every punk rocker in the state of New Jersey, and then some, wrote bad reviews. Yes, for yes I remember that. All I'm... of them were just like, "This place used to be cool. Now it's a bunch of poser muggle bullshit." That's yeah. exactly what I wrote. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> that's, uh, an, that's an exact quote from my from my review. Yeah, that is exact quote from my review. And like, we all were screenshotting our reviews yeah. and then posting them on our Instagram because they were erasing our reviews and yes. erasing. Yeah. Like, this is what they deserve. Yes. They didn't want to work with us. They fired the whole old staff. Yes. That actually, the whole old staff of Asbury Lanes is the staff at a at, uh, at, at House of Independence. Oh, I know. Now. I can feel that, that because energy. You, and, we, and we work because they're willing to work with us. Asbury, like, the, the re, like Asbury Park Brewery is the best brewery in town. I, I mean, you, a lot, Kane is a great brewery. Yes. So is Dark City. They make great beer, beer. and there's but, a. But the reason why Asbury Park's the best brew is because they work with us. Because they, they work, work with, with they, they do they do, hardcore punk DIY shows. They even do comedy shows. They do everything. Gethard. They even even just like small stuff like this, uh, like uh, Taylor Allen from yeah. Uh, he he throws on. Um, I did brew brew ha brew ha ha brew two yeah. ha ha whatever it was where it was just like you did one joke and it was great and that's the brewery and I feel like the between the brewery and House of Independence it's like you have the smaller shows at that that happen yeah. at the lanes and the bigger shows that they happen actually the lanes. work together so yeah it's the same they yeah work together with promotion because those band those groups said 
were the DIY there were the DIY venues or the independent venues in town. Yeah. Fuck Live Nation. Yes. Uh, yeah. like and you know it's it's you know it's not that I hate Live Nation personally. It's that they're a corporate business that is out for one goal. They're not out for the artists. They're not out to promote no. our community and do stuff. They're out to sell tickets. And that's fine, but don't but you're not us. No. Like that that's all I'm saying. They're not a bad people or anything. They're doing what they're, they're doing. Their, their goals they're just, just not do us. not align. Yeah, it's just a, it's not even against us. It's just not us. And like they would make a lot more money if they worked with us. Yes, they would. They would make a lot more money than they would they make, and they'd have a lot less to complain about, and they'd feel more secure in times like now where yes. everything's falling apart because we're wi- I'm more than willing to take my last dollar and help a friend. But if the fuck live, live nation, nation, yeah, yeah, fuck some venue like. You have all the money in the world. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. And you're going to sit here and beg for shit because you're not making a million dollars this year. You're only making a few hundred thousand. Fuck you. Yeah. And then you're going to be like, you can't cancel the stuff that you already bought. Like, remember, that was like that for like a hot minute. And then they changed it because there was a understandable black backlash. Yeah. Because because that's what the, those people are. They're only going to respond to what they think people like. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. They're not going to do what they think is right. They're going to do what they think we want to hear to get to yeah. get what they want out of us. And Asbury Lanes is a, a great place. That guy's like the guy that owns Asbury Lanes, Jeff, uh, he's an old punk. Mm-hmm. Like he used to be in a bunch of pop punk bands and stuff growing up with Joe Polito that uh, yes. uh, runs up uh, who run, oh, who's God. the art director of um, Count Basie and also the new director of the new venue they just opened. I think it's called The Void. Yes, yeah, not something Void, Vogel or something. The Vogel. Yeah, I keep getting and, emails. And Asbury Lane, and uh, Red Bank. And like, and he ran a lot of the shows at 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 uh, the brewery for a long time, like Aftermath Collective and all those people. Yeah. And like, but that's, it's all because they're willing to work with us. And in the process, they've become a successful business that they probably would have been successful anyway. They yeah. make fantastic beer. But, but they were more successful because of that. And I, and I, you know, like maybe Dark City or Kane doesn't have the proper facility. Oh, no, they, we, we did an open mic there and there was barely enough people just yeah. for like, but, you know. but if they were, if they were willing to work with people, they could find a way to make, and that's, I think that's what everybody, I think everybody took that note from Asbury Park Brewery yeah. in this town and said, look how successful they are from just working with one community of people yes. that are artists. Yes. Imagine if they, and then from that. And that's, brewery, and that's the one thing where people are like, oh, it's, you know, the, the argument that I hear from friends who would come here all the time, but haven't come in a while. is like, you know, it's Asbury's changed. I'm like, it has changed. Good. But the, the, number one, good. Yes. Yeah. One hundred percent. I agree with that. It's. I like playing Pokemon uh, Go on the boardwalk <laughs> at three in the morning and not, not getting having, shot at. Oh, for <laughs> sure. First time I ever came. Everybody in, enjoys that. <laughs> and for, first time I came to Asbury Park was to pick up friends whose parents just didn't want to pick them up from the Stone Pony. And as I'm driving to them, apparently some gentleman on a bike, uh, unfortunate, but still would be like. Came up to them. They were two small, like, 14, 15-year-old girls seeing Cobra Starship at the Stone Pony. Yeah. It's like, I ain't got no teeth. And just was, like, scaring them. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, it's kind of better that it's not that. It sucks that, like, the whole town hasn't quite shared in the prosperity as the east side no, of town. No, absolutely. And that's, and that's a tragedy. And that's part of what us as punk rockers want to fight to make yes. it more equal. But at least in the artist sense, there's still a very strong artist community that has not left, that has not been pushed out. Not and, at all. and places like House of Independence and Asbury Park Brewery, they still exist. And it, it feels like 
especially the times and I don't go as much often obviously this year but even before that uh to shows but it still it still has that same spirit that's why I'm like oh there's a show at House of Independence I will absolutely go to the House of Independence because it's just like there's like but if if it was the same thing like oh there's a band I like oh but they're playing the lanes eh. or or they're playing Stone Pony like eh it's, it's, to be fair, I'm I don't I don't have the attitude of don't go to the lanes. Fuck no, them. I have this attitude. They're they're not us, and that's that's the end of the attitude. And I and I love you know as a person from New Jersey, everybody wanted to have this conversation of like, what's the big deal that it's yeah. becoming a new place? You never went before. Yes, so you don't get to fucking have an opinion yeah. about it. And that this is where the elitistness comes in. Yeah, punk. yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah where it's like. This is our thing. This is our place. And you're gonna make you're gonna make an arbitrary opinion about yeah. a place you've never been and probably will never, never go. go. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, okay, great. You, but if you especially if you didn't come, you know, and you you didn't see the Baronet Theater when it was still an actual theater yeah. or Fast Lanes when it was still Fast Lanes. So I'm World in front of the Ergs and Hunchback in that venue. That was yeah. a great show. That's an amazing reference, Hunchback. The, yeah. Such a good band. That that was the only time I saw them and I'll never forget them because yeah. they were so They're so good. They were so good. Um it's it, it it's just it's tough and I I feel bad for the people who quote unquote you know thought that like Asbury sold out it's like it's just it changed it morphed it's not those are thing. outsiders yeah only outsiders to think that shit only mm-hmm. people that don't come here and be part of it if you want to be resentful that you're not part of the party no one's telling you you can't be part exactly of it. Like, I you're I know the I, bitch that's standing on the side complaining and, and I and I feel the same way I feel like if I wanted to join no just one join yeah there would be no please come yeah we, I want you here exactly. I want I want all of you even the ones that complained in the past I want you to pr- I want to show you how wrong you are yes. You know, because it's a beautiful thing. And, like, this is the history of this town. And, like, this town has always been a bunch of rich rich people trying to make a paradise for rich people. And us, as artists, (laughs) fucking it up for them. (laughs) Let's keep keep the tradition going. Yeah, and then they go, oh, man, you have to buy down here because there's such a beautiful art scene. And it's just like, all right, but be careful because you push the art team. Then, then, Then now you just have a bunch of condos. I mean, there are condos that, dude, honestly. I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm saying it's still here. It's still here. You're absolutely right. When things get too popular, too much shit, like, look, you know, there are plenty of different areas in the country where we could point out where this, this happened. And that's, and that's just the fear. I don't think that's the reality. I think that's just the fear. I don't, I don't think, I truly don't, I think that no matter what happens to Asbury, I will be here. Yeah, and I and I think that a lot of people feel the same way about how I feel, and I and even if even if Asbury isn't that hub and it goes back to like New Brunswick or whatever place it does in the future, I'll support that. Yeah, because I all I care about is us doing our best and progressing as a community, and the only way we do that is together. So if that's the wave, if the wave is move to Trenton, if the wave is fucking support this community, or the wave is continue to grow here, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make that that happen. I, I love this music, I love this community, and I'll do whatever it takes to, to make it grow. Yeah. I, I guess that's the I best way mean, to put yeah, it. That is the best way to put it. That's why you have the TikTok. That's why you have the podcast. It, it all kind of serves the same purpose in a way. Yeah, like, I don't think you started the TikTok with that intent, but it... It, it definitely you, wasn't my intent. It was just like an organically happened. Yeah, I saw it. You were just like, do you guys want me to keep making this content? And you're like, I guess. And it just... You just kind of became... and Which is interesting because that's how... As com- as like comedy, you like you have ideas of what you want to talk about, but then you find something that you didn't think people would want to hear, and then be like, "Oh, that's you seem to at least with audience, especially when it comes to comedy, you have immediate reaction. You go, "Oh, that's what you want to hear from me." Hopefully, you enjoy it. You know, 
But yeah, I think that's kind of the same way where you have that same instant reaction of people be like, oh, people are responding to this. Yeah, I mean, I definitely saw, I never seen a response like that on anything I've ever done. And I and I think that's the what's wonderful about TikTok is it's so organic and yeah. that you can just really, really build an organic audience overnight yeah. of something. Like, funny is funny is funny. Yes, Like, Number it doesn't one. really matter. Like, if somebody thinks something's funny and, like, me shouting about, like, how Dave Mustaine is the greatest heroin addict <laughs> to ever live is fucking funny. Yes. It's funny. I know. Well, yeah, yeah. The, the whole idea of just like you're yelling about like he's a great heroin addict yeah, yeah. <laughs> the excitement over how good of it it's there's therein lies the comedic element yeah, right like, there it's yeah. funny because i i know it's funny and i think that i'm also kind of i'm welcoming you to have a joke that normally you wouldn't be able to be part of and it like, is and, I'm and an not, and addict it, yeah and i don't want you joking about that shit yeah but you can come and have this joke with me because, because it's funny. Well, because a, I think, especially specifically talking about that particular Dave Mustaine TikTok, I love is that, that you're one. you're coming at it in in a like, you're not condemning him. No, not there's nothing to condemn. He's an amazing man. And, <laughs> and it's just like so, it, there's nothing about it where you where other people. I think it, I'm now just thinking with my comedy brain right now. Yeah. People would be like, okay, well, he's a he's a heroin actor. We have to talk about this in a very serious term, and we can't condone this behavior. And you're like, no, this is the best thing. And this it comes at it such like this almost childlike wonder. Have you wonder. ever done so much heroin that you couldn't fake play guitar and fake sing at the same time? Because Dave Mustaine has in two videos. Yeah, two videos. I thought it was only one, and it ended up being too because Dave Mustaine is so high and like I also like that he went to like he went 13 times to rehab <laughs> like how do you go 13 like at the at 13th time yeah, you sure. know everybody's name you have a favorite room it's like Thursday's fish day you like I feel you like at 7 you have to be like maybe I'm just an addict and I yeah. don't think there's a there's a cure for that yeah. I think I at, at 7 you're like alright I think I at 8 or 9 I'd be <laughs> like alright this is not working bro like, like what's happening it just Everything about it is funny in a way yeah. if you think about it. And I also – I just like the idea that you're so out of control that Metallica is like, listen, you got to go. <laughs> yes. Like, like that alcoholica <laughs> sits down and says like, listen, it's, it's, drug addict. It's like, all right, thing. I know this is the pot calling the kettle black, but <laughs> – Jesus, you are the darkest thing we've ever seen, pot. All right, yeah. It's just so ridiculous. And then for him to be like, yeah, well, fuck you guys. I'm going to start a better which is, band. Which is such an interesting, like, you have a problem, and we're going to kick you out of the band so you don't continue to have this problem. Fuck you. Not only am I going to continue to do this problem, I'm also going to make a rival band. I'm going to make a rival band. I'm going to just be the problem in my own band where basically the rest of the band has most to... stories I've heard about Megadeth is like them holding him up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like Dave Mustaine is falling asleep again on stage. <laughs> like, like here, shock him or is, throw water on him. I didn't him. even think about that, but the whole idea of like, you, you have to leave this band because you have a problem. He's like, I, I deny the fact that I have a problem. So I'm just going to continue what I'm doing and start my own band that will have at least in the metal community, the exact same amount of respect as the original <laughs> yes, band absurd. does. It's absurd. It's absurd that one person can be like, well, fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. it's, like, it's like, you need help. I need to start a new band. That's not what I said. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> All I heard was what I want to hear. You know? And it's the same thing with like the Dave, the Richard Hell stories and, and th like reading about punk rock and seeing how one person could be so influential even in a bad way, yeah. <laughs> is so funny because it's also, it kind of placates into how punk is not 
any different. Yeah. Punk, when it first started, was like one asshole would change the narrative <laughs> yes. of everyone because he decided to that day. Yes. You know, like and I like Richard Hell is a beautiful human being who's wrote beautiful music. He's also a bad guy <laughs> in a lot of ways, and he's still alive. Yeah, that's, like how that's... is Richard Hell? Like you know, he's cackling somewhere, yeah. right? You have like you a have fucking the Batman entire villain. original. The entire original lineup of the Ramones. Gone. Yeah. Like, gone, but Richard Hell still gets to walk this earth. Mar- what is it? Marky Ramone is still alive. Marky? No, well, yeah, but Tommy. Tom- oh, Tommy's dead. Yes, yes, you're right. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude, yeah. All of them are gone. What is it? Half of, like, the man was in every band, too. He's in television. He was in New York Dolls. He was in the Heartbreakers. <laughs> like, he's in all these great bands. And the whole time, he's like, do you want to get high with me? <laughs> like, what the fuck? And... Do you think with that, and I'm going, and now I'm going to go back to the TikTok for a second. Uh, and do you think that's just like that whole kind of like energy is what brings people towards you? Besides like the punk rock fact, because I think I, I guess so. Yeah, because I think I think that's I'm in, I've been just debating for myself. Like this is very a very selfish question. I've been debating for myself. Like, and it just seems like you're just being you, and it's just you're, you're letting your passion come out. I'm. I, do you have like any tips I've that you would yelling, like? Like that some things that you've learned. I've been yelling about Richard Hell getting everyone high on heroin for years. But now I've you been, have an audience. For yeah, it. I've been yelling about Dave Mustaine being my favorite heroin addict for a year. I have a list. All right, like <laughs> there's all all the greats are on there. Christopher Walken. Uh, what wait, go? wait, wait. I'm Christopher sorry. Walken's like number nine. Hold on. Because clearly I did not know enough about Christopher Walken. To, I am shocked that he's a heroin addict. I, I don't know if he is still now. No, no, no. But he was at one point. He was a bad... Apparently he has many stories. My favorite part about why he's on the list. First of all, I have stipulations for the list. You can't you can't OD and die. Okay. You got to live through it. Got you got to get through can it. Can you OD and live? Yes. You okay. can OD and live. You got to live. Got all it. All right? You got to beat heroin. Got beat it. Heroin got it. Got it. You. Which is why at the moment Richard Hell is still on your list. Yeah. Richard Hell is kicking ass. <laughs> all right? He's like number two at least. But uh, what do you call it? But like Christopher Walken, what the most known stories about him uh, being high on dope is that he gets really high on set and then walks up to people and asks them questions where he's already decided what part of the <laughs> argument he's going to be on <laughs> and then argues it. Like he wa- Apparently he was walking around a studio, uh, walking up to people and like, what would you rather have, a tail or wings? Thinking, obviously, people are going to say wings over a yeah, tail. Yeah, yeah. definitely have a tail. He goes, everybody know what, what mood you're in. <laughs> walk up to him. Like he would just have these arguments with people. And he would argue, he's like, You think Frankenstein's scary? Think he's scary? I don't think he's scary. He's very slow. He's like marsupials. That's what I'm scared of. He'd just like say weird shit to people. Hi. He apparently disappeared for like two hours to go score during the uh, Fat Boy Slim video. Like they just, he just left and they were like, Where the fuck is Christopher Walken? And he's he the only part of up. High. Just high. Like, ah, what are you going to do? I'm not. And he like, Something beautiful about being a heroin addict is, is that you think you've had everyone fooled. <laughs> like you're laying in your own puke and you're like, ha, they don't know. <laughs> like, I don't did, know. Ha, did it again. He's like, Kenny, I don't know what it is about a, a, being a heroin addict, but like nobody will take a knee or t- sit down and everybody thinks they got the whole room convinced that just because they didn't shoot in front of them, that no one knows they're high. The confidence but, level yeah, is like just... The re- confidence level of every heroin addict is unbelievable to me because I've been there where I'm just like, ha ha, another 
perfect uh, crime pulled off. And everyone's just like, Matt, you're sleeping in your glass. <laughs> like, like, and like, just the concept of Christopher, be- Christopher Walken being high on set, like dancing around being like, no, I'm not. That's so funny. No, no, I'm not. You know, That's- and that they had to shoot it the next day. Like, it's all so funny to me. That is And it also that he's not even destructive to anyone. Yeah. He's just hilarious. He's a, like a he's funny a, drunk. He's an agent uh, of chaos. And that's yeah. it. Not in a bad way. And just like a, what did I just witness way? That's so funny. And I it's just, just so, like, people like that. I just, I enjoy a drug addict who can be entertaining at the yeah. same time. Like, yeah. good job. Kudos on you. And <laughs> it's, it's so funny. And it's just, it's things like that where you're talking about stories because, A, you have such a personal connection to it. And, and also your facts. Is there anything where, like, if someone's like, how about this? Me. I just want to start something, and I don't even know, but, like, should I just find what I'm passionate about? I and- think that the the important thing is to just keep trying things. Okay. And don't feel, like, especially with social media, people have this attitude. They're like, I don't want to cr- crush people's feed. Like, firstly, dude, I got 65,000 followers. They're not seeing all of my videos. That, that's how the algorithm works. Mm-hmm. I make seven videos because maybe they'll see one. You know, like you have to, you just, just make shit, just make it. You'll figure it out eventually. I started a podcast. I'd never interviewed anybody and I just start, just stop planning and start doing. And when that's what I feel like about all art, don't plan, do that's cr- figure it out. It's crazy and then because the it's- planning comes. It comes with making because the first steps of doing. What do you think? You're gonna fucking write the the greatest podcast ever in your first ever. You're like, I made this episode and everyone in the world <laughs> wants to hear it. Little old me, you know, like that's just ridiculous. It's you're going to get noticed on your hundred episode. You're gonna get noticed on that fiftieth episode. I have a question because there's a, this guy that I follow. And his name is Gary V. Do you know him? Are you aware of him? Gary V. That name sounds very familiar. Okay. All right. Because I follow him and I did not like him. Oh, wait. Him. Yes, I know who Gary V. Okay. is. Yes, the motivational speaker. Yeah. Right? I did not like him at first because he's a very, like, kind of not bro, but just He's like, from New Jersey also. Yeah. He's from fucking Edison. That's what yeah. I realized what it was. Like His family still owns a, a liquor store. Yeah. In, in Springfield. Um, yeah. No, I know. I've got, I've fell deep down his fucking hole. I did not mean for that sentence to come out the way that it did. It did, and it did. It did. <laughs> um, and he has like pretty much the exact same philosophy. And I was like, did you like it almost to the point where like you unintentionally plagiarized word for word exactly what he did? Just, I? Yeah, that's <laughs> I, and I was, and I was. I know who you're referring to. Though. Yeah, the, yeah, because he's just like that was the thing. I didn't like him because I thought he was a snake oil salesman. Then I realized he just gives away everything away for free. And I was like, oh, he just wants you to be like he's just like. Like with the with any sort of like he wants you to be part of his community because he wants to raise you up and do better. He wants to show you That's how. He's, punk. Yeah, he's in a way he's this very. I know who you're referring. I've seen yes. some of his videos and he, I, I see what you're saying. I've never heard him say what I said, but yeah, he, like I know that he's very motivational. And wants yes, you but to, like do but, do you? Yeah, but no, he's just like he he literally is like execute. Don't worry about. Don't worry about planning. Just do it and figure it out. And if it doesn't work, try something else. And that's, that's what you pretty much just said. Because what do you... Like, I just don't understand this concept of, like, you're not going to write the perfect rap song your yeah. first time out. You might write it the 12th time, but, like... Or even the second. I don't yeah. know. Maybe you're that talented. But I guarantee it won't be the first. All right? Like, I don't know anybody that gets fir- famous on their first draft. Yeah. So just make shit. Yeah, I guess for me, I come, for me, it's just like that. And it's, I still have a problem with, with jokes because that's the thing. You have to go through very, very many jokes to get to a joke that lands. And then you have to go through iterative process of that joke. I'm right now in the, in the midst of a big fucking, like, writer's block because I just can't get over the idea of this joke not being the way that I want it to. And okay. I know, like, I intelligently that I have 
have to write it out, but it's just like it's such like this like thing in my chest in a sense where it's just like Ugh. it doesn't want to it doesn't it's just like it's holding you back like it's not going to be good, you know? And I don't know if that's for everyone, but for me and that's something I still deal I, with. I also think it's important to do what you like in your situation. Like I I the videos and the things I say, I think they're funny. Yes. Like I'm saying them cuz I think they're funny. Yeah. Like like and when I said that like the that Johnny, uh, what is it? That uh, Richard, Richard Hell is the Johnny Appleseed of fucking heroin, where he's just <laughs> planting poppy seeds in yes. people's veins. That shit's funny. funny yeah, like I think it's funny. So if you don't, I don't really care. Yeah, <laughs> like, I kind of yeah. don't care because I think it's funny. Yeah, and like I'm entertaining myself. So like yeah. that's that's fun. I mean, I, I'm not in the same sense. I'm not a comedian. I'm not. Look, I, I didn't go out intending to get somewhere with this. I went out and intended to entertain myself and hopefully maybe get one person to like punk out of it. Yeah. And in the process, I've built an audience and I'm very grateful for that. And, and do people get in my drawings tattooed on their bodies? Like how crazy is that? Like it's, it's life changing. It's, 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 it's unbelievably life changing. And, and I'm humbled and touched by every single person that even just likes a video, let alone that shit. Yeah. But the, like I said to you before, I think we started recording this, the shit that really gets my dick hard, the shit that really <laughs> makes all this all pay off and everything is Mark is, McGrath. It's Mark McGrath. It's Mark McGrath. No, <laughs> but it's stuff like that. It's, yeah. it, it's MXPX sending me a care package. Oh with, yeah. That, with, you look at you. I mean, it is crazy. Sorry. Just something that popped in my head. It, it, uh, with the MXPX, like that's crazy that you help them get like exactly. M- I help MXPX, bro, it, and it's crazy because it's just like it's something quick like that. Like I personally wrote like a, a comment on on like on a TikTok from like someone reposting one of my favorite comedians bits from Conan, and I just wrote, oh, finally, I'm on Goldman TikTok, and it's crazy to me. I'm like, I have a thousand likes on this fucking thing. Yes, like it's 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 so it it, it I guess I just I feel like it's like one of those things. It is that crazy. It's yeah. that feeling. It's that feeling of like I can't believe that a thousand people stopped in their day to like this comment yes and it's the same thing as i feel when fifty thousand people like a video or or what's when a kid writes to me and says like i'm in punk rock because of your videos or i know more about punk rock because of your videos or i want to get into it because of your videos or give me a band they like, like I, you've seen all the videos yes. so you definitely saw me cry yeah, yeah. where i cried because some kid loved an afi album that i suggested to him that's what it's all about. I don't really care about any of the 65. I do. It's it's wonderful yeah. and I love it. You, you try not to let it get in the way of but what you're I, doing. What I really care about is that that kid enjoyed that album and now has a connection and might walk away having – he might make, make a whole new group of friends. He might start a band. He might do something and that will change and, his life and forever. And you're a small part and of it. And I'm that. like this little aspect of it and that's so beautiful to me. Or like I was saying to you before, like there is a dude – that was following my TikTok. Like he was, he was writing under all my videos telling me I sucked basically. Yeah. And then he was following me and I was like, dude, you don't have to follow me if you yeah. don't like the content. And then he said he was having fun. And then the other day he admitted I was right when we were talking about white privilege. And like, this guy is definitely a Trump supporter. Yeah. And he's like, this guy, I'm changing this guy's mind frame and maybe possibly making one person less, more tolerable. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. that's life changing. Like that, forget everything else. That, yeah. That's the shit that really gets me off on, on that app or, or any of the stuff we do. The fact that I'm connecting with somebody in such a way that their, their, their life is being affected maybe forever. 
in that, and that's just this small little way where they might think more open minded. That guy might have more friends because of me. Yeah, he might think better and broaden his horizons and live a better life just because of this one conversation we had. Fuck yes, bro. That's punk. Fuck yeah. everything else. That's <laughs> fucking punk. Man, that's that that's that's where I want to end the interview because that's great. But I have two more things to do. Sure, let's do it. I just it's gonna be quick. Again, this is so selfish, but I have to know. We awful awful. Like yeah. we're, we're they Let's broke up. It. They broke up. They awful awful broke up. They in broke 2009. up. They broke up in two thousand nine. And then earlier this year on your podcast, yep. Just before everything fell apart, yep. You had mentioned that they finally agreed after ten years of not being a band. It took two years of arguing with them and making people. There was an argument on your podcast with owning them owning friendships. And owning friendships, <laughs> like switch, switching, for, like literally remending friendships. Yeah. I, I, first of all, I got all of the all the existing members that live in New Jersey to be in a room and do yeah. a podcast. And then from that, so many people responded and wanted stuff. That what happened was, I'll tell you what, what really happened. Yo, please, they because did, you were supposed you were supposed to do stories yeah, okay. about this, and I'm like, okay. if we could put it on my podcast, I'd be so yeah, happy. Okay, so basically, what happened was. They did the podcast with us, and basically after that podcast of two years of trying to get them to, to reunite, I kind of was left with the feeling that it was never going to happen. Yeah, it because, did feel. It felt like there was at least one person. You can listen to the episode. We don't have yeah, to go into who. Just, There's, there was one person who was like pretty, like just stubborn. Like, no, I'm not going to do it. I don't want to be a part of that. That's he something felt, he felt like that time had passed. Yeah, and like there was plenty of other time because you have to understand, like our friendships spread so, yes yeah and like we were not all friends at one point and i had to re i had to reunite people to make shit happen and basically it got to a point where there was just one member uh that hadn't speak spoke to the other members uh and wanted to reunite um and wanted to talk and everybody was seemed pretty open to it uh, but th- there was still some tension there yeah uh for one or two members and um and nobody wanted to do it without the originals and yeah, I mean, that, yeah, I mean, and you couldn't do it without Matt Jensen. You couldn't do it without Matt Jensen, without Cheech, Burry, yeah, and Neil, and like Stiff. Like, pretty much the drummer was the only one that the had. The drummer a, was the only person replaceable because, in the fact that we none of us have spoken to uh, the original drummer, Shane, yeah. in years. Like, yeah. I, I don't even know if any of us know where he is or wh- where he lives. So, I'm still I, friends with his mom on Facebook because his mom worked with the company with that me and Matt worked at. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know that, I know that, like, I, I would love to talk to him. Yeah. Uh, just out of curiosity, but, uh, yeah, no. but, uh, what is it? And the, uh, Chris, uh, I don't, I don't know if Chris was asked. So I don't know what the whole stipulation was hit with him, but we are going to have Joe from, uh, Choke Artist, who is the drummer of, uh, Best of the Worst. Yes. Fill in. So anyway, that was the organized idea. They didn't really sound like they were going to do it. Uh, I kind of left it at that. Then there was jokingly around New Year's Eve, uh, Burry tried to get uh, one of uh, Cheech to agree to it and a few of the other members. And Garrett, jokingly Cheech, said, if you can get this lineup, I'll do the show. Oh, saying like there was a you'll specific, never, you'll there was never a get this specific lineup. lineup that so he, he was like, you'll never get this lineup. And it was like one Russian band. <laughs> uh, uh, what is it? Uh, a ja- uh, What is it? Uh, a Russian band. Um, I can't remember the name of the band. I want to say Aknox or something. I can't remember. Yeah. Kyle, what was the name of that band? Dissidente Omnigon. Omnigon. It was Omnigon that he wanted to play. And, and Kill that, Lincoln? Kill Lincoln, Omnigon, 
and uh, I think there was one other band that he had as a stipulation. Yeah. I think you were part Got of this. And Upfox was part of the stipulation too. Okay. And uh, Kyle, I told Kyle this, and Kyle reached out to the bands, and we put and, and we put it together, like secretly put the whole show together. Yes. So God, this is so exciting. So Sorry. after putting this all together, one of the members who lives in Russia messages Garrett and goes, "Oh my God, I'm so excited that we're gonna reunite, and you guys are letting us play. Like, thank you so much." He's like, "What the fuck?" So he calls me and goes, "What did you do?" <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, I, I didn't, didn't do, do anything. You said these are the stipulations, and we made the stipulations happen. And he's like, he's like, you know what you've done? You've backed me into a corner. Is what you've done. And and I was like, and I'm like, I haven't backed you into a corner. Nobody's saying you're a dick if you don't do it. But you're kind of a dick. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> oh, you did. We, you, you put the boundaries. That we met the boundaries. So, he was honestly so moved that we made such an effort to put all this stuff together that he was like, yeah, let's let's figure this out. And then everybody kind of came in together and said, let's do this. And then we got a band from Japan. Yeah. Uh, free kick. And it, it grew from there and it became two nights. And then it was going to be a night of local bands and a night that was going to be basically... So it was going to be a two-night affair. It was going to be a two-night affair at... At at, at, At the brewery? At at the brewery. Mm. First night was Saturday night that was going to be uh, all... a bad times showcase of different bad times bands with kill Lincoln. That's one of the bands I, I really want to book is one of my favorite. Uh, they're probably the best ska band right now. And, um, and this next night was going to be all local bands. We were going to have like fat chance and, and yeah. uh, up Fox and, uh, you know, all these bands that were part of, uh, lo- our local ska punk scene. Yeah. And it was going to be kind of an homage to like what we all were part of. Yeah. At that time. Now I have a quick, I, I have a quick question from that podcast where they were speaking. did, like is there like a is there like a mystique about that time that the younger punks now talk about or I a lot of the attention I've gotten from the podcast originally was that I was uh, awful waffles friend yeah oh and that everybody was like what's going on with that you know and like how do you know those guys get them on a podcast get them to reunite you know so there's like this is, so they there, were the biggest band they in were like, the, yeah in 2004 2005 they used to play my living room every Saturday when they didn't have a big show and they were literally one of the biggest bands in New Jersey yeah and they, they were, were just my friends <laughs> it was it was crazy for me just to even like meet Matt at a at a mall in 2008 or 2007 Something. It, it was, was still kind of big then. Yeah, you know? it was still pr- it was still big, and I had followed them for years. And Matt kind of knew me because I kept showing up to shows. Yeah, and that's and, how. Yeah, how and, it was. and he's just like, "Hey, do you? Where do you work?" I'm like, "I work at Chuck E. Cheese. I'm the best Chuck E. Cheese at that fucking mm-hmm. place." And he's like, "We need people who can do costumes. I'll teach you how to do balloons. That's why I know how to make fucking balloons right now. So yeah. I have a balloon. So I have a balloon business. Yeah, because it, yeah, because of a member of Awful Waffle. Because of that's that's, that's how much this band means to me. It means more than just the music. The music means a lot and. But I think that that's what Garrett and some of the other members didn't understand. And I think that they've come to understand. And now COVID has happened and all this is crazy and I can't really make any predictions for the future. But I will say this. I will murder every individual. I I will openly say this and go into court. I will kill them, put them on marionette strings and operate them like puppets so that they can perform the Third Eye Blind song. (laughs) Uh, One more song. Semi-charm kind of life, man. Because I'm hearing that fucking cover. We will be SWAT one more, more time, time before I die. It's it the is, last thing I fucking do. <laughs> that's all I need to hear. That's that's probably like 35% of the reason why I want to do this. But I just needed to know the story. I, and, and I just needed to know the confirmation that it's still going to happen. It just, we're waiting I for... I will do everything in my power to make sure... I, if I if I have to kill them, I'll, I'll make yeah. them do it. I'm never going to stop. I don't care if it takes me 10 more years. Yeah. I'm never going to stop until they do it. 
And, and so, so I, I, that's what I can promise you. That I can promise you that I will never stop. And Garrett knows that. And so does Jensen and so does Tiffy yeah, and all Jensen, the other members. Jensen, <laughs> this is for him and him alone. You don't have to listen to this part. But Cabin Boy Kyle re- demands that Pirate Matt comes back to fucking New Jersey <laughs> and play this. That is something that we he yes. always he always do pirate show like pirate parties. And he's like, I want to have Kyle there so I can call him Cabin Boy Kyle. We did it once. So funny. It's yeah. So that that it's just his it's, clown name was something like che- che- uh, Grilled Cheese or something. something yeah, I can't. It was I, something Grilled Cheese. I loved his clown name. I remember when he told me, I was like, that's a great clown name. All right. That's. That that's exactly where I want to end it with under the yeah under, okay. So before we, this is the only thing we need to do is like we just need to know where we can find you. Well, you can find me at uh, Gravmaster Hash on TikTok, uh, Gravmaster Hash on uh, Instagram. Uh, I also have a podcast called Only Posers Don't Listen to Podcasts. We have an Instagram, a Facebook, and a Twitter. I also have a Twitter. Uh, I think it's Grabmaster One or Grabmaster Hash One or something mm-hmm. like that. Someone took Grabmaster Hash. I guess so. I, yeah. I I'm not very. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not on there a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of anywhere else. Uh. Yeah. Follow my TikTok. Find out more about punk rock. Get more into DIY music in the community. I love you. Thank you so much. For being on the show. I really Thank you for having me. Thank you.